Greetings, investigators. My name is Talison Jaffe, and welcome to the podcast version of our tabletop role-playing show, Candela Obscura, created by Critical Role Productions. If you accept the supernatural risks and dare to stream Candela Obscura as it airs, you can join us on the last Thursday of the month at 7 p.m. Pacific on twitch.tv slash criticalrole or on youtube.com slash criticalrole. Otherwise, you can find the podcast version of the show right here on our Candela Obscura show page and the video version on our YouTube channel two weeks after the initial stream. Now then, investigators, with these formalities settled, let us begin this chilling tale. Knowledge of what lies beyond the flare continues to be elusive. Glimmers of understanding lead us down branching paths with no discernible end. The mark of a strong investigator is to always question the status quo. An extraordinary investigator is one who's not afraid to question the nature that lies within them. The phenomenon which occurred in New Fair at the Steel was the catalyst needed to test such a theory. Lightkeeper O'Neill had her concerns that the newly found circle in question could benefit from further training. But, then again, there is no sufficient preparation for the horrors that bleed into our world. Thus begins the trials of the circle known as the Vassal in the Veil. Assignment 436, The Cold Embrace. Welcome to New Fair, a vibrant, expanding metropolis of industry and culture, nestled along the west coast of the verdant, fertile Fairlands Valley within the northern country of Hale. The year is 1907 here in this world, not too unlike our own in a similar time. However, a decade-long cold snap known as the Shiver left many outsiders envious of the region's resources leading to the last great war with the foreign invading forces Halens refer to as Otherware. It was with the invention of electrical technology and the armaments it inspired that the Fairlands were able to end the six-year conflict in victory, though at a great cost. Three years have now passed, and the city of New Fair is bustling with a booming economy, expanding industry, and a populace that is trying to distract themselves from the trauma of war. Whether it be through new spirituality, raucous debauchery, or a renewed focus on climbing this divided, often classist society, the citizens of New Fair straddle the line between the promises of innovation 
and the myths of superstition. For it is within the subterranean ruins of Old Fair beneath the city, the terrifying mysteries of a long-buried civilization seep into this world in nightmarish ways. This is where our story begins. Now. A storm has settled overhead this evening, leaving a dark gray sky to encompass the horizon, the rain falling in sheets across the smokestack-lined skyline of the steel, the industrial district of Newfair. Factories tower over the waterlogged streets, billowing black columns of soot rising into the clouds above, while the dull glow of street lamps glitter across the puddles that splash as the numerous blue-collar workers finish their shifts and rapidly disperse toward their evening rest or revelry. As the factory lights dim and the chill of night settles in, we see a figure carrying a satchel, voiding the rain, darting from overhang to overhang among the cluttered, impoverished homesteads that dot the outskirts of the steel. Augie James, would you like to describe yourself? Hey, that's me. <laughs> um, my name is August James, but you call me Augie for short. Um, I'm 19 years old. Uh, I was an orphan, dropped off at uh, uh, McManigan's, St. Manigan's Lodging House for Children. And been there my whole life, working the streets. Uh, yeah, you need something, you call me. Great. And what do you look like you're darting from the rain in the middle of the store? Just little scrappy, you know, clothes that don't really fit. Um, messy hair, hat, dirty, freckles. Great. As you trek through here, ending your day's bit of work, the odd jobs and tasks that you've been taking since you were a youth among these streets, uh, you're finishing the last of your long-run paper route amongst your other jobs. Get uh, your pipe! <laughs> Finishing up with your last often stop here on the outskirts of the steel, the apartment of Donald Kinsell. It's an old retired foreman and uh, an elderly gentleman who you've uh, taken kinship to, as not many other people seem to be paying him much mind. As the years go on, you like to stop in and just see how he's doing, give him his paper, and spend a bit of time, understanding he's probably not too long for the Halen cityscape. But as you comb your way through the streets, eventually seeing the kind of ramshackle apartment complex where he resides, you climb up the side of the exterior stairs, trying to stay under the overhangs, letting the gathered droplets of rain kind of pass between the bars of the, the iron fire escape until eventually you get to the third floor where he sits, stepping into the hallway where you see the peeling wallpaper and the dark, somewhat moldy wood that lines the sides of the hall. You see the various doors to your right and left of you until you come to the third on the right. And there you see it partially ajar, the apartment of Donald. Hey, Donald? Hey, come in, come in. You enter the room and inside you can see the very familiar, very modest apartment of Donald Kinzel. You see a small kitchenette on the side, uh, mostly just a, uh, a basin for washing his 10 or so <laughs> cups and dishes in total. Um, you see a, a few stools that are kind of 
set off to the side of the chamber. Um, long hardwood floor that has mostly begun to curve and warp from just the moisture in the air through the rainy seasons of the city. Um, across the way, there's a couple of paintings that are affixed to the wall, and the uh, low-slung lanterns, two of which that hang from different uh, iron hooks in the walls, them just, just faintly giving some bit of light to the interior. And in the far corner, you see the iron furnace, the kind of centered bit of warmth that he keeps and kind of sets himself around. He's kind of over there with a big shawl over his shoulders and a blanket kind of over that. He's in his mid-70s, uh, spent most of his life working in these factories, and you can see it's taken a toll on his health as he kind of <coughs> coughs a bit, looks over towards you. Hey, hey, it's nice, nice for you to come by, Agi. Got a good thick one for you today. Oh, thank you. Lots thank of you. stories, lots of good shit. I appreciate that. Uh, Want to sit down for a second? Yeah, would love to. Sets the paper down and puts it in the basket. You, uh, you had a good route today? I had then. a pretty good route. I had a pretty good route. Made a little bit extra. Oh, that's fantastic. He goes and grabs like a, a chunk of what looks like uh, charcoal wood. He has like a, a bundle of kindling and other bits of fuel. He starts like shoveling oh, into his little that. furnace. Let me get that. I'll help you out. Oh, thank you kindly. Oh, a lot of people out here don't really pay much mind the respect to those of us who used to work hard before the war, you know? Boy, they sure don't. Yeah. You know? That's why I like to show up and, you know, help you out. I know how it is to be a hard worker, you know? Yeah, you are. Let me tell you, you like, uh, remind me of uh, those of us who built this city, you know? Yeah. Those who, who, who have respect for a hard day's work and for earning your keep here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good kind of pride. None of these scum suckers and the varnish and the eaves hold the noses high above the rest of us hardworking the folk. The worst. <coughs> They don't, they, don't, they don't know how hot it is. Goes and grabs a chunk of like charcoal and kind of throws it into the furnace again, starts poking around as it begins to kind of light a little bit, a little bit of warmth beginning to emerge as the firelight begins to crackle and kind of resting your arms against it. He sits there for a second and starts kind of taking a poker and poking at it. You, uh, you got aspirations there, Augie? You gonna be running the paper the rest of your life? Maybe. Maybe running the paper, maybe. Maybe be the mayor of the town? Uh, see there? I like that ambition. Yeah, I think I'd be good at it. I bet you would too. You got a clever mind. You got bright eyes. You speak, you speak from the heart. These yeah. are things that, things that, well, <laughs> things that we need in the political circles of this city. Yeah. Reach I, it over and grab some more kindling, throws it in. How you been feeling? Ah, uh, you know, this, uh, this recent rainy weather's starting to really Cough it up a bit in the lungs, you know, but I'll be all right. I've got my, uh, got a sister of mine who's coming in town on the trains in the next oh. month or so. She's gonna, gonna bring some teas from the northern sides of the Fairlands, and hopefully that'll help clear, clear me out a little bit, you know? Oh, that's gonna be Good. fun. I didn't know you had a sister. Indeed. Oh, I haven't talked to her in a long time. She's younger. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. And it grabs a big old chunk of, like, weird-looking charcoal and throws it into the furnace. And that's what I've been wanting. <laughs> Suddenly, there is a massive explosion in the chamber as the chunk of odd, almost obsidian-like charcoal that he thrusts into this detonates in this blast of bright blue energy. As it explodes outward, you feel this impact, this force blast into your body and chest, and you feel yourself thrown back out of your body. You suddenly see the back 
of you, your head, as you begin to tumble backward, your hat tumbling off, your eyes vacant, as you see your body somewhat translucent, faintly blue, and you begin to shunt back into it, just as you glance over at where the detonation occurred, you see ice begin to crash around the room and ceiling, freezing it instantly, as well as Donald thrust backward as well. His weird, translucent, glowing echo pushed from his form as the dizziness begins to take you and your consciousness begins to fade, you see a shadow begin to escape from the twisted remains of the furnace. No. Across the city, in the region known as Briar Green, Within the halls of the Briarbank College, the esteemed marble walkways, the numerous auditoriums and libraries and research facilities, here in the later evening, when most of the students have gone to their homesteads and studies for the evening beyond the halls. Staying behind in his office to his own business, we have Dr. Howard Magro, if you please describe yourself and what you are doing. Sure. Well, as per usual, Howard is buried in books and papers. Uh, he has a grim look on his face. Uh, consternation, working through whatever puzzles in front of him. Uh, and even though it's late in the evening, he's dressed as if it's the first thing in the morning. Astutely appointed. Uh, tall hat. <laughs> And um, he's, he's, he's leafing through papers, just sort of uh, really trying to work out what's in front of him. Yeah. He's an older gentleman. He's uh, 52 years old. Uh, he wears spectacles, but it's hard to tell whether or not they're for reading or far away. And um, uh, yeah, he is a, a, a professor at this college. And uh, this is his office that's not only filled with books, but uh, some oddities, and uh, it's very pristine inside, yeah. About this time, you hear the door behind you kind of creak open a little bit. <clears throat> Howard! You turn around and see Professor Errol Dennings, who is a younger professor who you've, I wouldn't call it a friendship as much as it is a, uh, a space-sharing rivalry within these halls. Mm -hmm. um, steps in for a bit and kind of glances, not quite over your shoulder, but definitely your direction. I don't mean to disturb you, Professor, but uh, are you planning to sleep in your office? Where I sleep has no bearing on your work, Dennings. What can I do for you? I'm just expressing um, concern. You, you should really get out more. I mean, I have office hours. I, I get out on my own accord. Oh, what's this meeting about, uh, Dennings? What can I help you with? Me and a few of the other <laughs> professors here have discussed just. We're, we're concerned for you. 
You should come out with us drinking one night. It would do you well to be, to be social a bit, you know, maybe engage with the rest of the university body. You could use the, could use the relationship building experience of being part of a faculty. Well, I have many rich and diverse relationships in my life, and if you would care for me to expand upon them into the professional circle, I would be delighted. Let's go have a brandy sometime, I suppose. Is that all? You just invited me out for a drink. <laughs> As I expected. Well, should you ever decide to take us up on such an offer, please do. All right. Thank you, I suppose. <laughs> and he turns to leave, uh, at which point another figure is kind of in the door and goes, <clears throat> excuse me. No, stay up too late, Professor. And wanders off through the door. Uh, behind them you see a, a squat gentleman, kind of uh, rounded of shoulders in what looks to be a kind of navy uh, thick jacket. Um, gloves on, a, a looks like a, a fedora that they're wearing at the front that has a, a bit of a, a blue feather on the side. Kind of stepping in, takes the head off a bit and kind of shakes the rain off at the step as you kind of glance up at you. You see um, completely bald head, um, a pair of small round glasses that seem almost pushed into their eye sockets <laughs> to the point their eyes are so further sunken in. Um, you don't recognize this figure, but the, the figure as they step forward goes, Ah, uh, Dr. Margrove, my apologies for intruding this evening. Uh, Reaches over and hands you a small envelope. All right. Uh, uh, Candela requests your assistance. Uh, there has been a phenomenon. I immediately, H Howard snaps out of what he's doing, puts everything to the side. <clears throat> All right. Where are we meeting? I believe she wishes to meet at the diner. She? Your lightkeeper for the evening. Oh. And we pull away from that moment. Instead now, Arlo Black, whereabouts are you this evening? Oh, um. I'm sitting in my bedroom, actually. Hey, please describe the scene where you sit and what we see as we come into your personal space. I'm sitting in my bedroom in front of the vanity. She's been dressed for the day and is staring into the mirror, completely silent. Every once in a while, her eyes will drift the side and bring it back and stare at herself again. Not saying anything. <clears throat> uh, come in. <clears throat> the door kind of lurches. She turns around. It's locked. Um, right. I, I get up and unlock the door. <clears throat> the door opens and immediately you see the pouring rain outside. You see uh, a hunched figure 
dark blue navy coat. Fedora pulls it off there. Bald, bespeckled face looks up at you with a, a wide, uh, pleasant, if uh, a slightly jarring grin. Um, Miss Arlo Black, my apologies for disturbing you this evening. Candela uh, requests your assistance. There has been a phenomenon. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, we are to meet at the diner at your earliest convenience. Uh, the night is still young enough, and time is of the essence. Mr. Telbrook? Tell Mother I'll be going out for the evening. <laughs> From the other doors, you watch as this kind of like tall, lithe old gentleman goes, Oh, very well. I'll notify her. Not a worry. Uh, will you be safe? Do you need assistance? Do you need, uh, do you need an escort? As I tug on my glove. No escort will be necessary, thank you. Very well. Your mother will be unhappy, but I will deal with it. Turns and continues back as you begin to gather your things and prepare yourself for an unexpected evening out. Here, on the outskirts of Redlamp, the somewhat debaucherous region of the city of New Fair, where the middle to lower class comes and spends their evenings in all sorts of alcoholic revelry, music, dancing, and occasionally in a scarlet-based speakeasy. And it is here, not too far from where the more affluent members enjoy similar mirrored merriments in the varnish, that instead they come here on this side of Red Lamp to the Sight Unseen Bar and Club. Here, in the evening hours, amongst the bustle and fun and joyous, musical, playful, human-animal experience that this club tends to, to bring into itself, uh, patrons are stepping through and clinging glasses and laughing and cheering and just very much escaping for a few hours from the reality that day-to-day -day life brings. And here you are perusing amongst your various patrons, uh, the uh, individual responsible for and keeping watch over this establishment. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, Charlotte Eves, what are you doing and what do you look like? I am standing in the doorway uh, between my back office and the front of the bar. I'm watching my right-hand man, uh, Stinson, watching him as he tends to the bar, and I'm surveying all manner of humanity in the room. Uh, some who, perhaps it's their first time in the Red Lamp, and some who are using this place as an alibi, because they know that I have a particular reputation that uh, somehow smooths over certain transgressions. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just watching carefully, making sure there isn't anyone that I have to deal with, and fondly looking back occasionally at a small cot with a rumpled blanket and a pillow. And that's about it. Right. As you kind of look at that pillow, Time seems to almost slow. Color seems to fade in the 
periphery. For a second time, seems to almost stretch or stop, lost in a memory before you feel a hand touch your shoulder and kind of shake you out of your sudden consciousness as you see uh, Stitten kind of arm on your shoulder go, um, excuse me, miss, um, you feeling all right? You looked a bit, bit distracted and focus for a minute, make sure you're okay. I'm fine, thank you for worrying about me. There's no need, I simply was falling into a reverie remembering good times. Of course, of course, just, you know, you've been, been stressing yourself out here a lot recently and you wanna make sure you're taking care of yourself. You take care of the rest of us enough as it is and if there's any trouble coming you're getting yourself into, you know you can, you know you got friends. <laughs> I do, and trust me, I'm not involved in anything I can't get myself out of. <laughs> I understand that, I understand that. Can kind of scratch his beard. Okay, well, if you feel you want a drink or anything, you know where to find me. Thank you. And he goes ahead and wanders back behind the bar. Uh, he watches a, a somewhat affluent couple who are slumming it here in the red lamp kind of get into a brief, not an argument, but a, a, a disagreement with the, the doorman as another figure kind of pushes past them. You can see a squat gentleman in a blue coat, fedora, kind of step in past. Um, the doorman kind of turns to look towards him and sees your hand as he pulls the hat off, looks over towards you. Miss Charlotte Eves, um, my apologies for the intrusion. Uh, Candela, request your assistance there. Not here. It's been a phenomenon. And I invite him into my back office. Mm. No need for formalities. Um, just read upon uh, your light caper will await you at the diner. Thank you. Puts the hat back on and darts back out into the cold, rainy nights. Augie. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> you dart up out of consciousness, not knowing how much time has passed, and yell, holy shit, into the area. Your vision's blurred and kind of fuzzy, and you immediately watch as six people turn around and face you. Whoa, 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 whoa! You can see two of them begin to like talk amongst themselves. You can just hear the whispers of them like discussing amongst themselves, your head kind of swimming with uh, an odd, Series of sounds, unsure to really like grasp and pull in what's being said, what's being done before a hand grabs your shoulder and kind of lifts you onto your feet. Your vision begins to clear a bit, and you can see you're still standing within Donald's apartment. But now there are multiple figures, all dressed in like long, dark pea coats and what looks like business attire. Um, some of them have hats, many of them are taking notes. Uh, they almost Walk with an authority like the uh, periphery, the the police that uh, look over <laughs> for some uh, the city of Newfair, um, but not quite not quite dressed with that authoritative um, presentation. And uh, as it kind of lifts you up, hey, 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 get your hands off me! Pulls back this kind of middle-aged gentleman goes, "That's all right. That's all right." Um, Aaron, he's awake. And you see this one tall, thin gentleman in one of the same kind of matching long peacoats 
kind of sits amongst the rest of the crowd that are in the process of now investigating the interior of this room. They're taking samples and putting them into boxes. They're turning over furniture and looking about what's transpired here. You can see in this moment the uh, the ice that has been thrust across this room like it was flash frozen, all emanating from the center of where this now broken and twisted furnace is. Donald? You see no sign of Donald anywhere. And that tall gentleman turns to you, his cheeks sunken and sallow, just stretched features, uh, very, very short, dark hair kind of graying on the sides. Um, he looks back in your direction, starts walking towards you. Where, where, where's my friend? What's your name? What do you need to know my name for? You are present for a violent event. I didn't do it! I didn't do anything! I did not say you did anything, but you are the only witness to this, and I wasn't to... the only witness! My, my, my friend Donald was here, now he's gone! Your friend Donald is not here for now. Is he okay? Your friend Donald is no longer with us. You are the only witness, so I need you to be completely Honest with me, and he gets down on one knee. You now realize his like you're 19. You're not a, a short fellow, but this guy is probably about six six at full height, and kind of has to like get down to eye level with you. And the closer he is to you, you can see. Oh, right. You don't have to be insulting. <laughs> <laughs> you see his kind of like pale gray blue eyes, and his his uh, the whites are a bit yellowed, strained, like this man hasn't slept in days. That's kind of looks to you. Please, you can trust us. I am Field Officer Aaron Weimer. I am of the Office of Unexplained Phenomenon. I need your help to find out what happened to your friend Donald. What did you see? What? This is... I don't even know what's going on right now. I, 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 I came in here to give Donald his paper and then and then, and then we were sitting here at the furnace. He was, he was loading it up. He was putting in the charcoals, and then he put one in, and there was a blue flash. And then I came out of my body, and I'm seeing my body from far away, right? And then I get, I go back in, and then things are like ice. And then I look over. Yeah, I don't even know what the fuck. Understood. Kind of gives you a very long look into one eye than the other kind of reading your facial micro-expressions before standing back up. Wait, 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 you said you're from the, the where? We are a subsect of the periphery, just ensuring that the peace is kept when strange events happen. I'm sorry for your friend, and we will see to it that when we discover the purpose of this tragedy has been brought to justice, any next of kin will be awarded in its stead. Um, his, his sister's coming into town. Puts a hand up when somebody takes a note of it. Very well. Regardless, it appears here there was some sort of um, a fungal infection within the neighborhood that's been causing hallucinations. Oh. So I would uh, give yourself some time to rest, perhaps flush it from your system. What you saw tonight was indeed uh, unique. Am I going to explode? Like any minute? I certainly hope not. Just drink some water and rest for a few days. 
this was an unfortunate um, use of improper fuel within his furnace, which caused his death. You are lucky to be alive, but it was just a mundane accident. Now, if you wouldn't mind, we'd like to escort you to your home and off the premises to a place safe while we finish our investigation. I don't need an escort, I can, I can go myself. Where, where, where did you take him? He has been taken to the morgue for um, processing. I'm sorry. Kind of like looks over to somebody else and somebody grabs your shoulder and starts like pushing you out of the room. Take the furnace, anything else of interest, and the door <laughs> closes behind you as you're kind of pushed back out onto the, into the hallway that leads outside of the apartment complex. Okay, um, I don't know where else to go. I, I, I go to see Charlotte. Okay. You, Step down the fire escape again, exiting the back side of the apartment complex into the alley, and no more than maybe two minutes into this walk, a familiar sense comes over you. You're being followed. Glance over your shoulder and you see one figure that's kind of stepping about 20, 25 feet behind you. Hands in a long jacket's pockets and just kind of keeping pace. All right. I'm going to just pick up my pace a little more. Okay. And try to go parts of the street that I know are very bright. Okay. So you keep to a bright portion of the street where others here can be watchful of where you are. As you kind of step out into the various uh, there are gas lamps and some electric lamps that have been brought in in recent years as well that kind of give uh, a unique scattering of color and glows to the streets here. You step into one of the nearby gas lamps to give a little bit of light, looking about, and at this point in the evening, there's really not a lot of people in the steel working. There are a handful of folks walking, and they look like they would pay no interest to a young pauper wandering in the middle of the rain. It's about this moment that the figure kind of steps out of the nearby alley here, and you see now it's a a female figure who begins to step towards you, the voice that comes out from their shadow as the gas lamp begins to light their features. I saw you talking to them, and I think it's good if we have a conversation. Why, what, who are you? She steps closer, and you- A thousand people are coming at me right now that I don't even know, and you're all telling me to, who are you? As she steps into the, the gaslight, you can see uh, a woman in her mid-50s or so, uh, brown skin, hair up in thick locks that are pulled to the top that kind of drift past the shoulders with uh, gray streaks that run through. Um, she looks intensely towards you. One of her eyes, her right eye, is clouded white. And what you can see is these heavy scars that streak down the face and through the eye that look almost like lightning bolts that just kind of carve through past the cheek. Leans in. My name's Alexandra. What's your name? Uh, Augie. Augie. Uh, nice to meet you. 
She kind of sees your hand out there, shakes it. Don't trust the OUP. They're not looking out for you or your friend, whatever the hell happened up there. <sighs> Look, I'm, I'm sorry for your friend you lost. I have to ask you, do you trust them? Trust right now. I, I don't even. I don't even know who you are. Good. You're telling me not to trust them. How, how am I supposed to know I'm supposed to trust you? Good. That's what kept you alive this long. I'll learn to that. Eventually, you have to trust someone. But definitely, be careful. I'm um. And you see, she turns. The light catches her eye, and for a second, the pupil flashes gold in the reflection, like an animal through the middle of the woods. She kind of looks back over that space. Let's at least step out of the light for a moment, just so they don't see us talking. She kind of steps off into the nearby alley before turning once you're both kind of in sufficient shadow. I'm gonna keep my space. Of course. I want to find out what happened up there. I want to find out what happened with your friend. Because unless I'm incorrect, it's not normal. No. I specialize in things that aren't normal. Me and a number of my compatriots have for a very long time. What stuff that happened up there? You've seen it? You, you deal with weird shit? Because what I saw was, I've never seen anything like that before. Well, now that you have, it's a good chance it won't be the last time you see some strange shit again. <clears throat> I want to offer you an opportunity to work with me, to figure out what happened to your friend, and if we can, stop it from happening to other people. What's in it for me? Well, <laughs> maybe a sense of being a good Samaritan, Maybe some answers, maybe a bit of rest for your friend. Who knows, maybe there's a bit of change in it for you too. You don't look like a stranger to doing an odd job here and there, huh? You make do. You a curious one? Yeah. Good. Us too. Tell you what, I want you to meet a few friends of mine. If you like the energy they bring, if you like what I'm talking about, and you feel we can work together, then we will, and we'll get to the bottom of this. If you don't, leave immediately, never see us again. Yeah, okay. Okay. Your experiences in this could be invaluable to our investigation, so I hope this can come through. Let's head to the Blue Derby Diner in South Moffat, South Suffolk. Oh, that place is delicious. Mm. You go ahead and follow this, Alexandra. Passing through the bustling nightlife of the Red Lamp, and briefly hopping atop the screaming trolley car that streaks down the street, watching the sparks kind of shoot off of it, it scoots down the road, off the way, the ding, ding, bell as it goes by. Stopping through the muddied streets and winding alleys that live in the shadow of the affluent topside district of the Eaves, you now enter South Soffit, or the Soffit, 
as it's referred to as the common denizens of the city of Newfair. The high-stacked buildings and apartments look almost top-heavy in places, built into the exposed ruins of Old Fair, the ancient city long buried below. They just barely rise from these forgotten catacombs of history, and the ancient steps climbing up towards the elite neighborhood above that block of a neighborhood above that prevents most of the daylight from reaching the soffit when the sun is in the sky. You pass more of the dimming gas lamps, the occasional ramshackle electric cable that's been run down from the above portions of the city, giving bits of odd glow. Electricity being a, a newer technology to these recent times has begun to spread like wildfire. And even finding its way down here to South Soffit is uh, a unique change, though it does make for rising living prices for those who already had a hard time affording a place within the city. Following Alexandra's step, you head towards the exterior of the rundown diner of weathered blue paint and slightly yellowed, dingy windows. Once you are inside, you're hit with the familiar smell of cooking grease and mildewed towels that greet you uh, as you walk past the booths and tables, past the kitchen, and into the hallway in the back. Turning left, following Alexandra, a single door lies somewhat open within a darkened interior chamber, a single hanging electric bulb gently swinging to a light interior where you see a round table beneath it and three other figures that sit in a semicircle booth around it. The rest of you who have been waiting patiently within the interior of this chamber watch as Alexandra steps within, kicking some of the mud off her boots. Hello, good evening, thank you all for coming. I'm glad you all um, have some sense and aren't too busy. Never. It's been a bit of time for some of you. Well, thank you for joining. Oggy, Oggy here, was present during this evening's phenomenon. And uh, from a bit of, not a bit of hearsay, seems to be a bit knowledgeable in ways of the city and getting about. A clever one. Maybe very, very useful to the investigation ahead. Pleased to make your acquaintance, Oggy. My name is Charlotte. Oh, uh, ma'am, please to meet your acquaintance as well. I am, I am Oggy. Uh, who are you? So, Candela is recruiting fetuses now, are we? Hi. <laughs> Listen, Arlo Black. Hello, man. Oh, pleasure to meet you. Doctor Margrove, Howard Margrove. Oh wow! All right. Okay. And I. I'm Lightkeeper Alexandra Elise O'Neill. Well, welcome. And I want to, this is always the very interesting part. What you saw tonight, Augie, was very real. Whatever they told you at the OUP, 
You're not the first to encounter such strange phenomenon. But what you saw tonight is only a glimpse of the terrible truths that lie beyond most mundane understanding. This realm, our realm, is but one of many in existence. And there is a boundary that keeps us separate from these other realms. One that we've known and called for some time, the Flare. Now, there are places between these worlds where this Flare becomes weak. We call those thinnings. It's at these places that dangerous metaphysical energy leaks through from these other realms into ours. Some refer to it as magic, if we want to be a bit colloquial with it. But when it comes into our realm, it leaves an impact. You see, it can alter things in our world. Objects, places, people. Irrevocably changing them in strange, horrible ways. She points to her eye and her face. I'm one of the lucky ones, comparatively. Now, such magical incursions leave behind a corruptive force called bleed. This bleed, it emanates from supernatural phenomenon. And if left unchecked, can build the point of taking one's will, one's health, even eventually one's life. What you witnessed tonight was one such incursion, a moment of a thinning where something bled through and took the life of your friend and very luckily did not take yours and they pull this strange device out from inside their coat and you see it has like these whirring, almost mechanical clock-like interfaces on two different sides and as they kind of twist one, you see it begin to spark and whir, this humming sound. And as it does, this kind of glow suddenly fills the room and as they hold it out, this energy begins to crackle and you didn't notice until now, but there is this like faint vibration on the front of your coat. And glancing down, you can see this like black, almost like an oily substance, but it's translucent. It's present, but not at the same time. It's hard to. What's this? What? What is this? That is bleed residue. Could somebody um, go ahead and help Augie and contain? I'll help the young man. Um, I uh, pull out a, a sort of a mechanical containment vial type thing that you spin open in a certain, seems like a certain combination of spinning parts. And I click it open and I just begin to roll it up and around. And as I do, the bleed starts to almost pull itself into the vial. Can I just walk up to Augie? Do you mind? Any time. Um, I'm just going to touch right here on their shoulder. 
Does it seem familiar, this substance? Uh, if you would like to make a sense test oh. to see if you can oh. ascertain the nature of this odd corruptive weed. <laughs> so that's so you rolled uh, two threes and a one, baby. Oh, great! So you you reach out and go to to sense it, and as you come in contact with the echo of this bleed signature, the the residue of some sort of catastrophic uh, flare crossing event, you feel it just like it would collect itself into uh, Charlotte's jar. This almost jumps to your hand and that cold sensation hits you and the corruption briefly touches your very essence. I need you to go ahead and mark one bleed on your character sheet. Ready. How does this bleed affect you? Fucking How hell. does it cross into your consciousness? Well, I, I touched it with my gloved hand, but it wasn't enough and I feel it almost in the hand that had already felt cold and it travels up my arm and hits my chest for a moment. And I look up and all of the things that have been on the periphery sort of drift into focus really fast. And I'll close my eyes and see if I can push it back. It takes a moment and you feel your hand shaking with the cold. The rest of you, the room is temperate, but yet you watch as uh, Arlo exhales with a shivering kind of uh, quiver to the voice, and the breath itself is visible, like they're in the middle of a frozen cold snap, though a temperature none of you experience. At which point, Alexandra reaches out and grabs your jar and quickly collects the rest of the bleed from the front of your coat before latching it and putting it within their pocket, handing you a new, unutilized container. A little, sh little slow, Charlotte. I didn't see you jumping to help out. Fair point. The device shuts down as the lightkeeper Alexandra puts it inside another unforeseen pocket, a number of pockets within her long coat, and she looks back up to you. You've had a wild night, and I know it's a lot. I think it's best that now we tell you why we're here. We are part of an organization called Candela Obscura. This organization is older than the city we stand in, possibly older than the city below as well. We are sworn protectors of the people, seekers of truth, and vanguards against these terrifying powers that threaten to corrupt destroy all we hold dear. The same powers that long ago ruined all the fair itself. We are investigators who wish to prevent history from repeating itself by securing and studying these incursions. These three have worked with me and other light keepers for some time. And given your experience tonight, and you are free to answer how you wish. Will you join us? Uh, 
I, I, y yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> Very well. I thought I saw curiosity brimming in there. I think tonight will show how much of a bright future you have. Tosses you a small pin emblem. Now, the four of you will become a circle, a circle of Candela Obscura, and this will be your first investigation as the circle. Lest anyone else wish to exit before we complete the pact. Very well. Which point you see now, she takes her coat off and sets it down, and she has this uh, thick vest, white kind of billowing blouse sleeves that are rolled up to the elbows. You can see other scars and what looks like kind of ink tattoos across parts of her forearms as she begins to reach into a small pouch within the other side of her coat and begins to draw a symbol across the table in the center of this kind of half-circle booth uh, upon marking this odd glyph-like emblem in the middle, about two feet across on each side. Finishes up, sets it down. Hands. <laughs> Imagination. <laughs> and it is within my esteem and authority of Candela Obscura to forge this circle, the circle of, and what are you naming your circle? Um, what have you decided previously? The circle of the vassal and the veil. The circle of the vassal and the veil. At this point, you watch as she reaches into a small, like a, a metallic uh, compact almost, pulls it open and takes this like, almost like iron filing type material tosses it out in the air as it does. It ignites in a blue flame, and the symbol in the center of the table glows for a moment. And for a brief instant, not a, an unfamiliar experience for the three of you, but for you, Augie, there is almost like a shared lasso of warmth that goes through the arms. You feel almost like you're holding every hand in this circle for but a moment. It tingles, you feel the hair on the back of your neck stand up, and then it's gone. Well, get used to it. The evening is still relatively young. I think the more time that goes by, the less chance we have of gathering all the necessary information. And who knows if the OUP will have left with everything or return for more answers. So, I recommend you do what you will to prepare. Get out there before it's too late. It's a pleasure to have you among us, Oggy. Do us proud. Okay. And stay safe. We need no heroes. Oh, okay. Puts her coat back on, pulls out a thick cigar, and lights <laughs> it, and kind of like. <laughs> Let me know what you find when you're done. Gives you a nod, and she leaves out of the chamber, leaving the four of you to <laughs> catch up a bit, if you'd like. Uh, how do you how do you all uh, know each other? We've all worked at various points with the Candela Obscura. 
And you. I wish you weren't here. Well, that's not very kind, Charlie. I. I have to be frank with both of you. And I hope you will. I hope you will not judge me for this decision. But I know this young man. I didn't want Alexandra to know because I wasn't sure how the organization would feel about working with someone that I have a connection to. However, if he is going to be with any circle, I would rather he be with mine. Secrets at the outset. <laughs> I like it. Mm. Did you work at the site unseen? Yeah, yeah. I, I've been. Uh, we, we met. Um, in a manner of speaking. In, y yes. Yeah. Oh. I, I'm. I, I've known. I've known Charlie since I was. About ten. Mm. Wow. Mm. So. Ah. Uh, uh, so what do you do? You, you go out and then, oh, then yes. you... How does, how does this even work? So this happened at his apartment? That's what yes, the envelope so said? I went in to go see Donald. <clears throat> He's at the end of my route. And I go in there and... He's sitting by his furnace and, and we're, we're filling it up to get warm. And then he puts in a piece of charcoal and then it just explodes and everything's blue and there's ice and... Did you say blue? Yeah. Everything as in? It had like a, like a, like a hue. Like I, an energy. Yeah. That was blue. Yeah. I don't think that was charcoal. I don't think it was either. I was like, what, what, what was it some other piece? I don't know. And then everything blew up. I was outside of my body. And I saw my body. And then... And then I woke up, and all those people were there, and Donald was gone. So they were still there when you left? Yeah. We might be too late. It was a, it was a guy named uh, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron something or other. Aaron. We're familiar. Yes, okay, okay. No good? Mm. Depends on who you work for and work with. In our case, not good. Did Donald have any uh, other friends, relations, people that you knew, or to ask the obvious question, any, any enemies? Not that I can think of. I mean, he was, he was just a normal guy. And his sister was coming to town. When? Uh, I don't know. I just said she was coming soon. And he lived in the steel, correct? Yeah. Do you know where he did his shopping? Oh, uh, yeah, I, yeah. Because sometimes I would, I would help him out. You do know that Donald, he, um, because of his <clears throat> failing health and late onset black lung working as a foreman in his particular factory, um, would pay for some of the local scavengers to bring materials to him 
Uh, that's the extent that you know of. Um, he'd occasionally go shopping, and there's different marketplaces around here, fairly simple, but anything specifically. He had, he had friends that kind of used to work in the industry or adjacent to it that would just find what he needed for a good price. I mean, he didn't really shop at any one place. I think it was just kind of whenever he was out, which was not a lot. Different people helping him out, bringing some things when he needed it. I was one of them. And you've never met any of them? Uh, okay. not, not well enough. Well, I don't think we're gonna solve this. We should probably go home. <laughs> I saw you dive to check and by yourself to, to check on this particular material we found on the young man. Yes. I suspect this is not your first circle working with, right? Oh, no. Actually, Professor and I have worked together before. Oh, wonderful. True. Yes. Uh, former student, uh, diligent studier. Uh, oh. yeah, true, you so are kind. astute and keen to parse out the details of a person. Uh, mm. Something that I'm not quite so good at myself. But yes, we've had some experience in this department. In that case, I don't need to warn you not to do that again, do I? Thank you, Charlie. Yes, yes, we all care for each other very deeply. Young man, do you have any education by any chance? Uh, are you, did you go to school? I mean, yeah, I, I have, I, I had education on, on, oh. on the street. Oh, sure. education goes far beyond book smarts. Yeah. That's true, that's true. <clears throat> uh, are you familiar with the term, a uh, hypothesis? Do you know it? Yeah. Great. It's like a, I'll help you, but obviously you know it. Uh, it's like an educated guess. Uh, yeah before you have all the information. Did you also, did you need some help pulling that stick out of your ass? <laughs> oh. Uh. <laughs> because uh, I actually, I know what a hypothesis is. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to insult your uh, intelligence or knowledge. Uh, apologies. Uh, so if you had one for this particular scenario that you experienced tonight, what do you think happened? Was it the charcoal? I don't know. Okay. You, you are particularly good. You see things, I know you do. You have a keen eye for differences, for things that have changed, for things in the, the picture that aren't as they seem. Do you remember anything that wasn't as it should be when you were there at that moment with Donald? If you would like to make a survey roll to either Immediately, actually, no, this would be focus because this would be um, recalling things mm. in the past. So go ahead and make a focus test for me. How's your focus? Okay. How's your focus? I got one. So that means I roll how many again? One dice. One dice. Shit. Uh, you know what? I'm going to give you, I'm going to uh, give I you some help. I also have a resistance, so I can use that. If need be. If you have drives, you can use to add more dice if you want to. You know what? I'll do another drive. Okay, okay. Okay. So one drive from you? Yeah. Or? Okay, so we need this. Dice. This is super helpful. <coughs> three, one, three. 
Yeah. Wow. Man. I, it was, so I get it back. It was, it was. <laughs> That's true, you, got, you, did, you did choose the circle ability. <laughs> so the circle ability you chose for this was? Um, we chose trauma bonding. Trauma bonding, which means that if you help somebody and they fail, you both get your drives back, Yes, so you get your drive back as well. Yes. So okay. their drives were what God, that's cool. gave her the extra dice roll, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Great. Okay. okay. Uh, <clears throat> I, I just I wasn't paying enough attention. It was just like every night. You what? know, I was just sitting there and then and then in recalling and trying to focus on this, all the moments of that transpired of, of feeling your spirit leave your body, it seems almost for a moment, the being surrounded by strangers, being immediately interrogated the, while pressing them, the friend, stress begins to build up within you and it, uh, the sweat begins to build on your brow and you all watch as this 19-year-old this begins to almost fall into the onset of a panic attack. You need to go ahead and take a brain mark oh, for no. me. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. We are just trying to Ready. get you to use your... But I will say, as uh, you do know as investigators that often uh, the first place to begin an investigation is the scene. Yes, yeah. so we should yeah. we should try it out anyway. August. See if the OEP, oh, yeah. oh, you have left. Three. I'm sorry, Augie. Forget the hypothesis. Let's skip straight to observation, shall okay, we? Okay, okay, okay. Are yeah. you comfortable returning? Yeah, with you, with you guys, yeah. Come on. Then I suspect we should go. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll take you guys there. I want to go. All right. So, you gather your supplies. Do you have any particular equipment you wish to bring on this investigation that you don't have marked, or you can mark as we go, should something be of interest to you? But following Augie's lead, you step out once more into the night air of the ever later growing Eve here in New Fair. The distant rumble of thunder crackling as the storm pulls overhead. You leave the red lamp. For you to hold <laughs> for me. Ah. <laughs> Thank you. And head back to the exterior of the steel. Back to the apartment complex where the evening's events first kicked off. And there you kind of find the outside of the alley that leads to the fire escape. And you see no immediate signs of anybody bustling about. Can we see, is there a way to look in the front of the building to see if there's anyone stationed out there or anything? Uh, the other side of the building, you move around to the front and kind of stick it out. Do you see some uh, couple leave the front of it and kind of duck underneath an overhang and kind of begin to make their way, uh, avoiding the storm itself? But uh, no sign of anybody currently staking the exterior of it either. Do you know how to get up? Yeah, you want right. I mean, up the fire escape, is that okay? Is that okay for you, sir? Oh, Are you gonna, you know, mess up your clothes a little bit? Maybe, but I've got others. All right. After you. Why, thank you. What a young gentleman. All right. As you ascend the metal steps up to the third floor of this complex, you re-enter the hallway within the apartment complex proper. The floor creaks a bit with your first footstep. Um, and as you, light on your feet as you are, kind of glance off to the, where the hall is, you do see a chair that is placed on the outside of the door that leads to the apartment. And there is one gentleman sitting in the chair wearing the same kind of uh, dark, long 
coat as the OUP officers that you had spoken with. The person is just kind of sitting stationed there. Have they seen us yet? Uh, they do not appear to be aware of your presence yet. Are we in full view? Are we all in full view? If you, they, you, if all, they... you all are stepping into the alley, or, or the, sorry, the, uh, the hallway, and then it kind of divides left and right. On the left is where that is, so you're kind of out of sight and just looking like this way to, mm -hmm. to see where they are beyond the T. <clears throat> and he's the only one we can see in front of the At door? The moment, yeah. Is he, what is he doing? Is he just sitting there? Does he seem distracted? Does he? He's kind of just sitting there, twiddling his thumbs, lost in thought. Seems we'll need a distraction. Sure. I'll go. Uh, I swish around the corner. Excuse me, sir. I'm I'm so terribly sorry. I, I I'm here to see a friend, and I, I I'm supposed to find the address, and and I can't figure out which room she's in. Is it possible that you could help me? You look like you've you've been here before. The gentleman who kind of looks over at you. He he's one of those figures where. The, the neck is just wide enough that the head just becomes one solid shape into the shoulders. Um, uh, has you know, a bit of a bulbous chin and a, a kind of a round button nose, kind of a rosy uh, complexion in the cold weather of the evening. Um, he kind of sniffles a bit and looks up. Oh, I, I, I'm supposed to be keeping a watch here. Um, I, don't, I don't know this apartment, Will. Please, I, I'm so terribly sorry, but I really need to find her. She's unwell, you see, and I, I just need to make sure that I, I can knock on her door and make sure that she's okay. Uh, go ahead and make a... Uh, I guess it's a sway. It should be a sway roll, yeah. It's to convince command or consort. Indeed. Go make a sway test for me, if you don't mind. And I have a gilded die. Ooh, right. So, if I'm right, I have two sway plus a gilded, plus a gilded die, so three dice. Yes. Well, two sway, one of them is gilded. So it's two dice, two dice. one of which is gilded. Delightful. I, I see. I, uh, I six. Okay. Yeah. A six. Woo -woo. Great. This is success. On the gilded or on the regular? On the regular. Okay. But I haven't spent any, so I don't need okay. to. Anyway. So the gentleman kind of like scratches his chin and goes, oh, yeah. Looks around, looks in the door a bit. Yeah, okay, Miss. Uh, um, I mean, uh, what, what apartment are you looking for? Well, I, I can help you out here. I'm looking for number. <laughs> Just come with me. I, be I believe it's on the first floor, but I I'm not entirely sure. It's it's in the rain. This this piece of paper has just gotten soggy and wet. Oh, please, you could help. Kind of reaches for the paper a bit. Yeah. Like takes I'm like, it. Oh no, no no no! You can't. You can't possibly. Yeah. Just take me then. I guess. Uh, right. Kind of walks along with you. Um, are you sure you got the right address? Um, oh, absolutely, I'm perfectly positive. And as we walk by them in the hallway uh, to the stairs, I just say, I'll see you in a minute, and keep going with him. All we right. kind of like block Augie a little bit. I'll, I'll <laughs> turn towards me and we'll talk. And yeah, yeah. Yes, so they don't see you. <laughs> okay, uh, distracted enough by your uh, conversation and his flummoxed experience with your help me, but not really, but please help, but not really. Um, <laughs> tug of war. No, you can't. I'm so nervous. Men like you make me so nervous. You're so big and strong and manly. <laughs> I know, I know. Don't worry. We'll get you sorted. <laughs> um, begins to lead you, uh, or begins to walk with you down the staircase while the rest we of you. We immediately duck around. Duck around, head over to the stairs. Or start heading to the to the doorway, which is partially Keegan, ajar. Is there anybody inside the apartment? It is not. It is empty. Wonderful. Hmm. Okay. Walk, walk, go. Let's go That's in. Yes, yeah. yeah, let's go. You step within the interior of the apartment uh, and glancing around, 
the air itself uh, is chilled, and you see your breath in the air uh, with each exhale. Um, you can see there are uh, some elements of, of water where some of the ice that kind of sit at the very outside of whatever that blast was has begun to melt. But looking within, what little bit of light is visible from the, the now only singular working oil lantern that's kind of over by the kitchenette uh, that's lighting in the middle of the room, you can see the kind of glittering exterior of the ice dan- of the light dancing across the ice. Like thousands of just little pinpricks of white as you kind of go over and take the lantern and hold it up in front of you for the visual perspective, you can indeed see all the furniture frozen over. You can see a lot of it's been shifted and moved. You can see many footprints in kind of the frost left behind. Um, And indeed, the the furnace is gone. There's just that kind of small crater in the ground, like in the the wood floor where it once sat. Um, What would you like to do? Um, I'm gonna pull out... uh, yeah. I'm going to unhook my watch, and I'm going to hold it towards where the um, furnace was, and I'm going to use my bleed detector to see if I can As the energy begins to emanate from it, 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 it kind of causes this, this odd buzzing sensation across your arm uh, as it begins to activate, and you kind of hold it out just instinctually away from your face as the energy kind of begins to crackle around it, and you can see now as this chamber looks like there are faint signs of bleed residue that has been collected, meaning the OUP has certainly been through here uh, and gathered what they could. You can see some of the furniture has kind of scrape marks, and you can see there, it looks like a lot of this has been turned over, Um, but you can see there is definitely was at one point a heavy amount of bleed throughout this chamber. Is there anything, an area that it seems heavy, but is farther away from the furnace? Uh, You can make a sense test if you'd like to. Okay. See if you can sense any currently lingering strong emanations. A four? A four, okay. You, uh, with the detector out about, you feel Still, kind of closing your eyes, you, you've had an experience in your past that tethers you to the flare, and that sensation of powers beyond what we understand. And as you kind of close your eyes and focus one arm out, kind of revealing some senses of the, the bleed within the space, the other arm becoming a divining rod almost, and you feel this tug towards where the furnace last stood. You begin to step in that direction, approaching. And there you can see where the frost is thickest, where the ice seems to be shot outward and, and locked in frozen spikes, like someone had flash frozen a fiery explosion. And there it was laid in this eternal frozen winter moment. There you can see there uh, is a, a broken part of the wood floor that sinks about six, seven or so inches before it would break into the apartment below, but it just barely stopped before that. Can I get down and inspect that closer, the, the area that is sunken in? Yeah, you go ahead and look down inside. Uh, if you would like to go ahead and make a uh, 
Call us a survey. Mm. Test. Can I? Can I? Can I give her? A, or does anybody? Oh, yes. I'm, I'm very bad at this. I'd love to help, but I'm off flirting. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Are you helping me? You, yeah, I'll give. I'll. 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 I'll, I'll. Okay. So if I have none, then I would get a one. Correct. Okay. It's a low stakes roll. This one. Okay. So okay. You know what? I'm going to use. I saw this coming. Because three times per assignment, I can assist a member of the crew without spending a drive by saying how I'm going to do it. All right. Okay. Because I was here. Right. Because I saw this shit. I want to help you out and feel out in this area. It's like right here. Oh, okay. This is where he kept his, his charcoal. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. <laughs> wait, can, can, wait. Can you roll an extra one? No. Because of Because I was going to roll none. I would roll two and get the disadvantage. I understand. On it, yes, this. Because you had none. I had none, and I still failed. I'm not very good at seeing things that are here. So, kind of glancing down, you can just see kind of that pocket there, but you do sense there is a strong. There was this a, is wood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Arlo. It, it seems as though this is the center or the epicenter of the explosion, so. And what a genius! It's about this moment the temperature begins to drop. Uh oh. Even lower. Oh. Oh. It's disconcerting. And colder. What, I didn't what? cause. We didn't cause that, did we? As you kind of begin to look at each other, and this faint, pale blue light begins to glow behind where Arlo stands. Uh. Here, as you see a humanoid figure just begin to drift into the air about a foot and a half off the ground, emanating this pale blue light. As it drifts, it comes into sharp focus, and you can see the elderly image of Donald Kinzel drifting in the air, head to one side, eyes black, sunken and vacant, the jaw slack and open, a void, a darkness, the arms stretched out, extended, as it begins to inhale. towards you and you can see those black sockets, the emptiness behind them, they almost seem to widen when they meet your direction. You're so warm. Pull back, Arlo. <clears throat> in the doorway, suddenly. What have you done so, in this time, by exactly the way? That's exactly what I've done, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> so, um, I got the address wrong. I'm so sorry. The water, it just messed it up. You've been so delightful, though. Can I please buy you a drink at some point? Maybe even tonight. 
Oh, I mean, sure, yeah. We, maybe I'm, I'm, I've got business still. It's supposed to stay tonight. Maybe tomorrow night we can do something. Oh, no, 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 but it must be tonight. Please, please, oh, please. You've been such a dear. I'll meet you. I'll meet you at the, in the sight unseen. Very well, I'll meet you there when I finish my shift. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Why don't you head over there now? <laughs> Make a sway roll. Oh, God. This is, this is a Hardcore. high stakes This is a high stakes roll. So I am going he's, to. He's starting to. I'm going to feel a little weird about this use a, a resistance so that I can have three dice with one gilded. Or is that one of your abilities? Yes. It's got a diamond and two things. Okay, no, so, use... so that means you have two dice and one of which is gilded. Right, but then I'm going to oh, use you a resistance. A drive. You mean a drive, not Oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to use yeah, a, drive, a drive, not a resistance. I knew I... that. A drive. You got it. I'm using a drive. Three dice. And like theoretically, because she's by herself, we can't, can't help, help her, right? Correct. Yeah, okay. It's fine. Mm. It's fine. Um, Come on, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, Roll them bones. Come on, Charlie. Come on. You can do it. Five. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So I get that bad boy back. Yep, so you get nice. the drive back from the gilded die. So he goes, <sighs> I mean, they probably finished their investigation. They've been going for a bit. That would have had to take a couple of hours off, I guess. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Just going to stop by my house and freshen up a little bit. This rain has gotten me so soggy and wet, and I'd like yeah. to look good for you. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Now go for it. Um, <laughs> what's your name? Alice. <laughs> That's sweet. I know your name, Charlotte. I've seen you around. <laughs> Believe me, I've been, I've been eyeing you for a while. This is just, this is, this is kind of a surprise. Oh, darling. Okay, well, fine. I'm so happy that I don't have to cut that act on. Listen, I really do want to offer you a drink. Oh, no, I'll meet you there in a bit. I know your place. <laughs> <laughs> I've had my eye on you for a while as well. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to see you there. All right. Talk to me waiting. Mm. And he heads out to the apartment complex. I just roll my eyes to myself. Jesus, right? You're losing your edge. <laughs> <laughs> running up the stairs. Actually, yes. We're running up the stairs. Run up the stairs and enter the chamber just as you see this spectral entity kind of reaching out towards Arlo. I'll, I'll instinctively step in front of Arlo and like put my uh, safety belt hand, but I know it's pointless, but it's just an instinct. You, you put your hand out and uh, kind of like. In front of her to like shield her and is, right. is an instinct, yeah. The ghostly entity of Dom kind of like <gasps> turns towards you. Back away, back away. And it's just like. Reaching out, grasping, and as he does, you watch his arms stretch and oh, extend, exaggerating the fingers themselves spreading out like spider legs. These like spectral claws that reach for you. Donald! Still reaching. What do you say? I trip over my dress, oh, fall down on the ground, and start backing away on. Okay. I instinctively called his name just to pull him away, but I obviously can't float with the spirit, so I don't know what to do. Uh, Donald. Donald, we can get you out of there. We can it's save you. It's me, it's me. You remember me? As, as soon as you start speaking, the spirit kind of like, the jaw begins to 
subside, the form, the imagery, the uh, features begin to return to a more human, less ghastly appearance. Yeah. Remember me and, 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 and your sister's coming to visit soon? <laughs> Bringing your paper? My paper. What happened? What did you, what did you put in the fire? I buy fuel from the scavengers. Which ones? reach towards you. No. I am going to... I'm going to... Uh, I'm gonna hide. (laughs) 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 Okay. Okay. I'm gonna hide. How are you hiding? Get behind one a chair, a sofa, or something, I don't know. all right, there, there is some scattered furniture on the side of the walls here, so you could try and flee and hide from the spirit. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend a drive. Okay. All right, so two, Oh no. Oh no, that's mixed success, mixed, mixed success. Four, yeah. Mixed success, all right, so you, Dart away and jump behind uh, one of the nearby pieces of furniture, uh, kind of darting behind and, and pulling it, <laughs> scraping over in front to try and put something between you and the spirit. Uh, as you do, you end up landing on the side where one of the chunks of frozen ice uh, is currently jutting oh out, no. and it like sticks into your side. Oh. You take a body. Oh no! Oh, I I have a question. So one of my abilities uh, is let them in. Mm-hmm. But that's if I've taken a bleed in relation to that phenomenon, Correct. which I did earlier because of Augie's coat. Yes, yes you did. Is it possible to quickly remove my glove that I had and feel my hand of where the, the bleed had hit it earlier? In this instant, I'll allow that, yeah. All right. Mm. All right, then with this ability, whenever I take one or more bleed marks, I also gain additional information about the phenomenon that harmed you. All right. So. First, I want you to describe what everyone sees when you take your glove off. When I remove my glove, you'll see that my hand is not what you would expect. It is a, a gray in color. My nails have turned black. Um, the skin is cracked along the hand and along my forearm. You'll see just scratch marks, deep gashes that look old, but not healed. And as you focus on that, you also watch as her eyes go white for a moment, 
you feel this wave of emotion and a, a, a buzzing of, of energy uh, cascading in intensity until it bursts. And it's not connected to the spirit. It's connected to something else, freed. For a split second, you see something dark and smooth with carvings in it, like an art piece or a capsule before this release and something shadow-like that is gone. Does Donald seem to have any of the, the markings of that shadow that I saw? Does he look connected to it in any way? You would guess that whatever may have caused this detonation is responsible for his death, so there's a connection somewhere. We have to go. We have to get out of here. Did you get what you need? Yes. Uh, what floor, Leave him. What floor is this on? Third floor. Uh, and is Donald uh, between us and the door, or is it like? Donald right now is between you and the door and kind of parallel to the rest of you. Go the fire escape. Did you go straight into his apartment? Do you have a lighter on you? Um, I be believe so. I actually wouldn't have a lighter on me. Yep, I, I look around Donald's apartment. Is there a bowl? Is there uh, anything metal? Uh, yeah, there, there's what looks to be a, a tin cup that's over by the. Uh, I'm the gonna kitchen. run and grab the cup and rip one of his books and crumple up a piece of paper. And will you light it? And I'll set it in the ground so that there's warmth okay. there. Okay. As you're doing this. You can see the spirit is like still moving in your direction. It's like, Huggy, help! I don't want What? As the flame kind of flickers within, the spirit goes and seems to like dart towards this tin cup and surround it. As it does, the flame that's burning immediately begins to flicker run. out. August, run! Come! All right. Um. All of you dart out of the room just as you hear the <sighs> that weird, baleful voice of the spirit of your friend bound to the space, locked and left behind. As you close the door to the apartment and step back out into the hallway. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. I. I... <sighs> I don't understand. Your friend is connected to some darker entity. Something was released when the explosion happened. It uh, was already in him? I don't think so. I think I think the entity killed him and now he's attached to it. I, I believe that if we can do something to control that entity, maybe your friend will be released. It's just a guess. But a very educated one. The energy of the departed tend to tether themselves to things in this world. Places, people, events. Your friend seems to be anchored to that spot or something that happened there. Perhaps we can help him, perhaps not, but this new information does change things a bit. 
Regardless, we should... We should tell Alexandra that there is danger in this apartment. Maybe somebody can guard it. And we should find Layla. I've already pulled out a small notepad and I'm writing down a series of notes. Is there some kind of messaging system to reach Candela, like a yeah, poster? Yeah, there's, there's uh, missives you can send and you know, kind of short, <clears throat> short range telegrams that can be yeah. dropped okay. across the town. Okay, cool. Various code names for utilization. <laughs> I'll, I'll take this note that, that basically is just a quick sum up about what's what we just experienced and I'll... Attach it to a little pigeon. To a little bird. Go, fly to the little bird. Uh, but you save it for a moment when I can deliver it, for sure. Okay. Uh, Layla, you know, is Layla Orens. Is um, you knew them because they were, while not of the same orphanage you were, they were another one of those kids of the street that was about four years older than you, and was kind of a bully. Uh, she definitely was one of those. One of those kids who's either going to eventually become the head of a criminal organization or wind up in prison at some point. Mm. Um, but they're a forceful personality, and you haven't really heard that name in a, in a little bit. You do know that uh, actually, no, you, you, you would know likely that they probably have been seen uh, not wanting to live in this particular place specifically because of some of the business that they're involved with. Uh, they spend a lot of their time in the Clara house back in South Soffit, which is kind of a, a shelter and soup kitchen for the various uh, abodeless individuals of the city. Um, I know where she could be. I mean, if, if that's the next plan of attack here, but I, I can take us. How well do you know her? I mean, I... I haven't seen her in a while, but she's she's tough. <clears throat> she's 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 older than me, and she kind of runs a lot of shit. That's someone I can get behind. Uh, and the two of you, at least, are on good to neutral terms. Yes. Well. Uh, I don't suppose we have any other leads at this moment. It won't be the first time we've convinced someone to give us some information. Mm. Let's go. Arlo? Yes? Are you quite all right? Wonderful. Mm. Uh, Ma'am, I don't know if this is rude, but what happened to your hand? That's Miriam Rude. <laughs> it is rude. It's just you took off the glove and I, I, are you, are, does it hurt? Um, it's quite numb now, actually. I had a bit of a run-in. With... Um, it, it, it's numb. It doesn't hurt very much. And I'll just touch the cameo that's on my neck. We should go. Okay. Okay. Uh, this way. All right. Heading back out into the evening rain here, now pushing close to midnight here in New Fair, you trudge back to South Soffit, to the Clara House, to 
pursue this next possible lead as to what has happened to your friend and whatever this entity that you saw in your vision might be. And that's we'll go ahead and take a break. Ooh. Ooh. New part of town. Alrighty. All right. So we'll come uh, from here in a minute and see where this mystery takes us. Um, yeah, hang back for a few minutes. We'll see you here shortly. Yes. And welcome back. So, Augie, you lead the rest yeah. of your circle away from the climactic, if dangerous, circumstance in which the apartment of Donald was left behind, heading towards the Clara House in South Soffit, you said. Yes. All right. Returning to the subterranean regions of the city, pushing through the rain, uh, on this side of the Soffit, you pass by a number of the buildings themselves that emerge, or protrude, or look like they are about to slip out of the extremely stark, brutalist, angular structures left behind of the old Farian ruins that emerge from the ground at odd angles, many of which has been, uh, in some way, shape, or form, been carved and retaken and built upon, others that have just crumbled with the time through wear and tear in the weather. Um, but it makes for a very unique, slightly subterranean journey beneath the eaves. Uh, at this late in the evening within the Soffit, um, it's a little more busy than it is in the Steel. <clears throat> There's something people wandering the streets, some heading towards their way to the Red Lamp, others that are uh, getting ready to cross the bridges over the uh, uh, Stentorian River. There are some that are just kind of taking an odd peek at you as you pass by. Um, but as you approach the exterior of the Clara House, you can see it's a, a modest shelter uh, that is further back than it is wide. It looks like a homestead that has been expanded to three times the length of a normal home. Uh, the windows are simple. Uh, it looks like there are some batched curtains that close the entry window away, and the front door is closed. There is no interior light. Here at midnight, it looks like the Clara House is, for the moment, not welcoming. Are they open all the time? I mean, you can go in. I mean, if you need a place to stay, you know, uh, it is pretty late, but should I knock? Is it a place that people are used to visit, uh, receiving visitors this late? Well, as far as you, you've never been here that late necessarily, but from what you know of Clara, they're not. She's never really turned anyone down. Let me just let me just go in and, and see. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a knock on the door. Okay. There's a pause for a bit before the door kind of unlatches and opens up ever so faintly, and you see this like vibrant red hair that is knotted up into a tight bun atop a head, and a somewhat tired-looking woman who peeks through uh, a chain that's locked on the inside <clears throat> of the door and goes, "Right, right, Clara." This is Clara. Yeah, I, you, you might not remember me, Augie. Sometimes I've been here before. Um, uh, I, I remember your face. It's been some time, hasn't it? It's been some time. You're a bit older than I remember. Well, you know, that's what happens. Um, is, is Layla here? Uh, uh, Layla Orens? No, Layla, I think, is resting. She's staying for the night. Would you do me a big favor and go wake her up? I really need to talk to her. It's real important. Sure, sure. I'll go ahead and uh, 
Go ahead and let her know. You're here waiting outside. Just a moment. Thanks. Oh, hello. You're just look at. You all look like you have places to stay, right? Thank you, ma'am, yes. If need be, there's always soup in the kitchen. <laughs> Closes the door. She's the best. Steps away a bit. That was quite possibly the kindest person I've met in weeks. She's a wonderful woman. Mm. How many people usually stay here? Depends. I mean, they got about... A few dozen in a given yeah. time. Well, yeah. Mm. And is there a particular age where they let the uh, the birds leave the nest? Anyone. Mm. I mean, it's 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 kind of if somebody needs a bed, Clara will take them in. Incredible. Mm. A few minutes go by before you hear some heavy footfalls, like poof, 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 uh-huh. come to the door. And the door kind of like <laughs> tries to slam open a little bit, but the chain catches it and motherfuck chain unhinges and opens up a bit. And you see this woman in probably her mid to late 20s, uh, this kind of messy mane of auburn brown hair that just kind of falls across the shoulders. She's wearing a, uh, a vest that goes past her waist and looks like a. Uh, a thick flannel-like jacket underneath the vest, as well as like a thick scarf that's kind of hanging over the shoulders. She looks a bit dirtier in the cheeks, and you can see has kind of dried, uh, cracked lips a bit, but has a already a look upon your troop as she kind of looks at you of complete mistrust and frustration. Goes, what the fuck, Augie? You waking me up this time of night for what? To introduce me to all your well-dressed friends here? Is this a birthday? Is it my birthday? Is it my fucking birthday? No, Happy it's birthday it's to me. Birthday. What the fuck? I needed to ask you a question. She asked me a fucking question, so I go back to bed. What is this shit? I haven't seen you in years. I know. But I, I... You know, you know Donald? Yeah, Donald. What? You were selling him some, some fuel. Yeah, yeah, you know, just make a little scratch in the side. Yeah, why? What kind was it? I was, you know, st- stuff we, uh, stuff we had left over. Left over so from, from where? From work? Why are you asking these questions? I just... Can Something I, happened. Can I read him while this is her, while this is happening? Uh, if you'd like to, yeah, go ahead and uh, make a read uh, test under your cunning, <clears throat> if you don't mind. Four. Four. All right. Uh, she is definitely being dodgy, and her her walls are starting to quickly come up through the questions and the nature of these three well-dressed strangers that are looking upon her as these questions are being asked. Um, so you gather that that dodgy atmosphere very quick. Okay, yeah, no, I got him from work, that's uh... Where? Refresh my memory, where you been working lately? All over the place, look, I'm tired, I'm gonna get to bed. Layla. I apologize for the interruption in your evening. Can I pull out a couple of coins? Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Can I help at all? She for real? Yeah, I mean she's she's also gonna pay me for my time later, so she's 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 paying up. 
So you're hiring? What, what's this deal? I yeah. am, actually. I need information on the fuel. Make a sway roll with the coin in front of you. Okay. Uh, because you are offering coin, I'll go ahead and add a die to it. Okay. How's your sway? My awesome. sway is not very good. Okay, I'll give you resist uh, resistance for it. Okay. A drive, you mean? A drive, I knew that. A drive. <laughs> okay. It says resistance? <laughs> I understand. So it's a, it, it would be adding a cunning drive. Yes, that, yeah. I'm adding okay. a cunning drive. And I'm going to try to help myself out more and get, take one as well. You got so it. So I'm rolling for it. Oh, Two successes. Two successes. Well, okay, fives. Successes with yeah, All right, successes. so that's a mixed success. Yes. So she goes. Yeah, no, I've just been uh, doing some work for a little bit for uh, some folks. Been you know traveling on the outskirts of the city, gathering things, selling them off, and we had some extras. I sell them off to uh, the foundry, and I got some couple of things I. So to some other folks on the outskirts of the steel, they need to keep themselves warm here in the weather. Yeah, definitely keeps you warm. Maybe a little too warm. What are you fucking eating? Uh, hugging the charcoal or something? What are you supposed? Y'all crazy? I I look. Where on the outskirts, Layla? <laughs> All right, this is an interrogation. No, I've been in this no, before. No, 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 I've been no. in this shit before. It goes and takes the coin from your hand and goes, I've answered your question. I think this is, uh, I think this might be a setup. I say this respectfully, you might have gotten a hat. This is not a setup. I'm putting my foot <laughs> in the door before she closes it. It <laughs> slams on your boot and you catch it. I'm like, the fuck is. Layla, I don't know if you're familiar with me. My you can name see is... other figures, like other like younger teenagers and Clara start like appearing in the distance, hearing some of the scuffle at the front. I don't know if you've heard of me before. My name is Charlotte. Charlotte Eves. I work at an establishment called uh, The Sight Unseen. We are indeed looking for new sources of materials and fuel for my establishment. This is true. We simply, because of certain, certain regulations in the city, we simply have to look for other sources, you see. Now I feel that we have mutual interests. You are interested in coin, and I am interested in discretion. This is why we're here. And I trust, as a friend of Augie's, who I trust with my life, that I might be able to trust you. And I'm gonna pull out some coin as well. You go ahead and make a sway. Roll. You bet I will, <laughs> and I'll shoot a resistance um, to a drive. Is gilded a drive. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna keep pushing till you get it. You know, I'm gonna just like cross this word out right there you here. Drive. <laughs> I knew that. Uh, if you want to help out, I would be yeah, happy. Yeah, I'm gonna do. Saw this coming, and ah, oh nice. Yeah. Add an extra Thanks, sister, his brother. Um, listen. I've been working for Charlie here for about nine years now. And she pays well, she's fair, she pays well for loyalty, and this is someone you want to have on your side. Go ahead and roll. <coughs> Six on a gilded die. Fantastic, so you drive back. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Does, does 
Augie get his drive back too? Only if I oh right, because you didn't let them. You did the I saw it coming, yes, so you didn't yeah, actually yeah, use yes. the drive for it. Got it. <clears throat> all right, all right. I'm uh, always down for more business opportunities in the city. I got myself my own network of individuals, little uh, little birdies that can scatter around. We got we got a we got a troop troop of people who uh, are good at finding. Finding some uh, some interesting weird shit, so you let me know what you're looking for. Appreciate the uh, recommendation, Augie. Uh, who the fuck are you? They're associates of mine. Uh, doctor. Not medical. <laughs> Shame. I always use a medical doctor. <laughs> um. Doctor of. A philosophy, actually. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> that's pretty that's funny. Pretty good. That's, that's pretty, pretty good. funny. <laughs> What's so funny about it? <laughs> I don't know. Usually doctors, you know, they're helpful. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. They're your associates, and as a possible, you know, former employer, I don't mean to offend your friends, but this is fucking funny. I appreciate um, someone who calls it as they see it. Yeah. Uh, regardless, no, uh, okay, uh, come out of the rain for a second. Oh. Clara, I got some friends here for a second, if you don't mind. Clara's like, oh, right, no, I'll, I'll get some soup ready. Wanders off. Some of the other kids that are kind of also woken up from the, uh, the whispers, and you can see them kind of like watching and listening, and there he goes, go to bed, I got this. And they all kind of like scatter a bit. You get the sense already that she kind of like, Kind of runs the place <laughs> underneath or alongside Claire. At least some of her network also stays here. So they like grabs one of the stools and like <laughs> parks it up and like Rikers over it and sits down at the table. Yes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like, uh, what kind of work you need? What kind of business uh, are we talking? Like, uh... well, I'm interested in finding new sources for materials, and I understand that you are exceptionally good at. I hate the word scavenging, but I'm afraid that's the word I'm looking for. Exceptionally good at finding goods in places where others might not find them. Yeah, you say that. Uh, we uh, we got a few uh, got a few secret paths here in the, in the soffit where we can we can find where the stairs go lower, if you know what I mean. Hmm. What we're really interested in is a, a particular kind of charcoal that you you sold to Donald. You see. It's a very special kind, and it looks a little bit different, I believe, than normal charcoal. Might you have found that somewhere or seen it? I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> here's the thing. We, um, we occasionally take these jobs from uh, this woman at the um, Alzarin Gallery, I think, in the Varnish. Um, kind mm -hmm. of intense lady, but uh, she pays well. Bring her back any sort of weird shit we find when we're on our excursions. Well, I'm down there. Anything else we find, we get to keep. And so uh, we made a deal with the Evanock Foundry over in the Steel uh, that if we found anything they can use for their, their bellows, their uh, factory fuels, anything that's burnable that can keep you know keep the forges burning hot, essentially, uh, they give us a real good price because usually they got to go ahead and uh, either import that shit or pay you know premium price for their mines outside of town. So. Uh, yeah, we found a couple of these great stores down there. I'm not going to tell you where, because that's kind of where business comes from. But like, we've gone back and forth a few times and found like some of the shit runs really, really well. 
so yeah, we've had like a good thing going on with the, with the foundry for a while, and uh, you know, we sell the most of it, and then every now and then we take whatever's left over or keep some to the side to give to some of the people we like uh, in the steel and uh, some of them here as well, especially during the cold weather fronts. Have you ever burned any yourself? No, I don't need to. We stay here with Clara. She's got plenty of wood. Have you ever seen one of your clients burn this fuel before? Yeah, we've been doing it for weeks now. They all seem to be... The most recent delivery, though, to Donald. Did you notice anything strange about it? Was it located anywhere different than usual? Yeah, well, I had, like, some... Yeah, you know what? There was, like, some, some strange... Looked almost like sculptures, some like some boxes or something. Well, it's made of the same material we assumed it would burn as well, so uh, we just said it was like a, a better fuel and uh, sold it for a little bit extra coin. Hmm. And that was next to what you gave to Donald, or that is what you gave to Donald? I think we gave one to Donald and we gave one to the foundry originally. Was it intended for the foundry? Well, I mean, the foundry's the one that usually pays for the majority of the How fuel. How recent was that? Uh, that was yesterday. We should get to the foundry. We should. Uh, last question. Uh, uh, last question for me, at least. Uh, the Alzarin Gallery. The the gentlewoman that you mentioned. Uh, do you know her name? Uh, she doesn't give me a name. Mm. Uh, she does. Uh, she does wear uh, wear a pair of gloves, a pair of brown gloves, short black hair, kind of a in a, a very intense woman. One of them like. 40-20 artist types. Hmm. Have I ever been to the gallery before? You may have actually been to the gallery in passing. Uh, it's a beautiful art gallery in the Varnish. They have uh, a number of themed displays that happen on the cycling schedules. They have some galas that are thrown there by friends of the gallery. It uh, tends to be kind of a, a social uh, hosting spot. I don't know if I can ask this of my Gee, I don't know if I can ask of her, but would it be a place where they would show artifacts or relics, or mostly just paintings and sculptures and such? I guess the question is, how often have you been there? Helen, do you think you would be a purveyor of this gallery often, or once? I think I, I would find it to be an excellent meeting place to do business with people who Okay. Are... As far as you can tell, most of it's sculptures and paintings. Um, but they do have... Uh, a lot of them are historical paintings. A lot of them are uh, imported from like even beyond the vast chasm and kind of like are, are from creators and artists from you know, otherwhere and uh, foreign spaces, especially in, in the post-war era, it's considered kind of taboo to display mm. such things. So those tend to be a little more secretive and a little more uh, invite only. They do uh, have themes that deal with uh, old fair, sculptures and, and artistic expression. Um, but there are a lot of places here that also, you know, study and talk of the the lost history of Old Fair. <clears throat> to the foundry. Yes. You, Leila, have been of excellent help. I pull out <coughs> a card. Uh, if you ever if you ever find yourself, uh, I hope you don't at this age, but if you ever find yourself near the sight unseen, drop in and hand this to a man named Stinson. 
Thank you. Mm. Pleasure doing business. That's a handout for the coin that you offer. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, absolutely. One, two, and one extra for your time. All right, all right. Well, perfect. Uh, yeah, we'll be in contact soon. Uh, I guess best to kind of merge our networks, see what kind of kind of good come out of it. Mm. And uh, sorry about the whole half-inch thing. Oh, it's quite all right. Uh, you don't know any better. We laugh at him all the time. It's yeah. fine. It's just... Maybe don't, you don't start with that. Sure, I won't. Look where we live. <laughs> anyway, uh, nice meeting some of you. Uh, good to see you, Augie. You grew up right. I like it, you filled out. Thanks. So did you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Fucking weirdo. Get out of here, get out of here. All right, all right, all right. She kind of pushes you all out the door. Clara goes like, I just brought the soup. <laughs> the door oh. closes. <laughs> Take it to go. Uh, uh, as we're leaving, I just uh, pull my little journal out. Uh, I just take it and um, just write uh, her first name in my journal. Just put it back in my pocket. That's all. Okay. Do we know where this foundry is? Do we have a sense of where it is? Or could we have uh, a map? You know it's in the steel. <laughs> okay. Right. So it's after midnight right now, right? It is. Uh, how how comfortable are we going to the steel at this hour? Quite. I think we're right. Yeah, I think we'll be okay. All right. Why don't you show them some of the back streets, Oggy? You ready? You ready to see this? Start. <laughs> parkouring. Parkour! 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 Through the uh, slickened streets, rising up through the soffit once more, you begin to climb towards the more surfaced region of the city of Newfair, um, heading back towards the steel, where you had encountered the spirits on over before. Mm, yep. We should really think about taking a <clears throat> carriage. <clears throat> take a trolley if you'd like. Yes. Yeah, we can take a trolley. Walk. Might as well. Yeah. All right. You wait for a little bit, kind of walk along the street before you begin to hear the familiar distant sound of static crackling, electricity popping, until eventually around the corner you see the massive cable car, one of a handful that run throughout the city of New Fair. Uh, as it begins to approach, it slows down towards one of its various uh, onboarding locations along the side of the street. And it doesn't fully come to a stop, it just kind of comes to a slow rest and you kind of have to leap on and grab the side. And as you do, it begins to pick up and sparks above begin to spray out from where you are as it takes off and continues down the street, the bell, ding, 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 everyone kind of holding on. And you eventually get a little used to the sparks it leaves behind, kind of the, the blue hue and the, the smell of ozone that kind of drifts behind as it begins to cruise through the city, the rain pouring off the sides of its uh, somewhat extended roof and the oddball crew of people that are currently kind of sitting aboard it. You see in the back there's a, a, a very old gentleman with a big, thick 
cane that's just kind of like hunched over it with uh, a, a long pointed nose, and he's just like kind of falling asleep on it and rocking as it goes by. Uh, there is uh, a middle-aged woman who is currently holding an infant in her arms, and she has like a hood up, like a bonnet-like hood that kind of ties under the chin. Um, a very like full-cheeked smile that kind of looks up at the rest of you and kind of like gives you a big grin. Um, and you see the uh, uh, the conductor of the trolley in the back, just kind of holding on and keeping an eye out and changing and shifting from which uh, cable car track is shifting through the city until eventually it brings you past the bridge back over to where the steel is. Actually, you wouldn't have crossed the bridge here. You would be right here. No, you would cross the bridge from South Suffolk. Yes, you would. So, past the bridge, passing over the river at night, you can see the sheets of rain falling through the sky. Uh, the occasional crack of distant thunder that kind of rolls through the evening storm until you come back into the city streets once more, shh, the rain splashing past people and faces just woof, darting by until eventually you can see the large smokestack columns that break the skyline as you return to the familiar sight of the steel. Where do and you live, Aki? Uh, I live in the Shrive Line. Oh. Well, I used to. But now I kind of, I, I, I sleep wherever I can find a spot. But oh. sometimes, um, sometimes some, I take care of him. I got a, just got an extra spot in a back room and when it gets real cold, I'll sleep in there. Thank you. Always. As you step off the trolley stop here at the steel, you can see there are two cars with red lights about two blocks down the way cycling. And it looks like a small crowd is gathered alongside another set of buildings, not but three blocks away from the apartment complex where you had previously come from. Augie, do you know that building? I mean, that's Donald's building. Where the crowd is? The crowd is a little ways further down from here. Yeah. Oh, oh, uh, oh. I mean, I've seen it. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. Do I know what it is? I mean, you haven't had much of a reason to stop by that particular home. It looks like it's still in kind of the small clumps of uh, residential housing. That kind of is dotted throughout the industrial district. A lot of people that work at these factories, if they aren't going to the other districts, there are some places with uh, relatively cheap housing, basically because of the proximity of the factories make them not the healthiest place to live. Is it on the way to the foundry? Uh, it's way? not away from it. It's more like a, an adjacent journey. Okay, let's walk by the crowd just to make sure. Hop off and check it out. Okay. Uh, as you begin to approach the outside of this uh, cluster of apartments, you can see now the two uh, vehicles that are, are present here, these two uh, carriages with kind of these like red torch lights on top that burn. You can see uh, the electrical, I say torch like flashlight, <laughs> I should specify. Uh, these, this kind of electrical uh, red light that spins signifies the uh, periphery, the police oh. force is present and in the process of investigating. There are people kind of looking around as you begin to approach, you can see they are uh, currently carrying two sheet-covered bodies towards one of these kind of carriages. Um, 
Do I happen to recognize any of these gentlemen as people who may be on my, for lack of a better term, payroll? Uh, make a survey test for me, if you don't mind, under intuition. Six. Six, success. Yes. <clears throat> you see, uh, most of them you do not recognize, and the, the periphery, um, the police force of the city, while they do hold the rule of law, um, they also inherited a lot of the militaristic technology that won the war a number of years ago and have been enjoying uh, a seat of uh, progressed power within the city ever since. Mm -hmm. So you've, you've been careful with not crossing anybody in that space necessarily, because mm -hmm. you're not sure which ones are um, more or less keen to uh, allow the business that you are purveying. <coughs> yeah. um, but you do recognize one. You see uh, one gentleman named Simon, who uh, is in his early 40s, kind of uh, receding, uh, like orange-brown hair. He has uh, a bit of a, a bushy chin-strap chin beard, um, and a, a nose that is very like W.C. Fields wide in the middle of his face. Um, he has his cap on, uh, signifying his position amongst the periphery, uh, probably one of the local captains, uh, and he's wearing his long coat as well, and is currently giving orders to a few of the men as they're kind of gathering the bodies and beginning to place them within uh, the back of these carriages. He doesn't see you there, but you just see him going about his business. Do I know him as in uh, friend of foe or for uh, another? You've, you've know you you have briefly encountered him a few times at the sight unseen, um, which means you know that at least he enjoys the nightlife. Yeah. You may have like had a brief conversation with him once or twice, but you don't know him extremely well. I mean, I could. Ask what's happened, but I'm wondering if we can glean it from where we are. Are there um, any, uh, from where we can see any among the hubbub and personnel? Are there any o OUP uh, mm -hmm. mixed in with the periphery? Uh, at a glance around, you do not see anyone wearing OUP, uh, signifying clothing mm -hmm. or gear. This looks to be just periphery based. And they're coming from a house. It the bodies looks, were it, taken from a house. Look, you can't. You don't know if they're coming from a house. They're coming from the street. You just see them moving these two bodies on carts, and they're like wheeling them towards the back of their uh, wagon-like cars. I'm gonna run up to the crowd. Um, run up to just somebody who who, who was close. What, mm -hmm. what 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 happened? You see this? You run up to this this one dude who's in like his late twenties or so. Uh, he's waterlogged from the rain. He's holding his cap in his hand. He's got kind of like a rain slicker on that looks a bit tattered. And he turns and goes, "Oh, apparently they found two people dead in the street." Just right out in the road? Yeah, yeah. I don't know him. Do you know him? Do you know who it was? No. Did, you didn't see? No, no. I just got here. All right. I just haven't seen a dead body before. I was kind of curious. How? How you feeling? I don't know. I don't know him. Yet. It's weird seeing a dead body. I haven't really seen him yet. They've had a sheet on them. All right. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. You see him like trying to catch a glance over the, like the front row of the crowd. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> the the body. They just found the bodies in the street. They were just in the road. Oh, I hope. I hope Donald didn't get them. Uh, is is uh, Simon anywhere where I might be able to like 
There, he's very much in the fray, right? He's not anyone. He's in the fray, but he's about fifteen feet from the outer edge of the crowd that's kind of gathered and keeping a, a non-intrusive distance. So, um, can I just slide up to the edge of the crowd and try to make eye contact with him? Sure, sure. Um, I'd say go ahead and make a sway, uh, a sway test on this to see if you can, if you can give him enough of a reason to step away from the midst of his business right now, because he's he is in the thick of it. Six on the gilded dice. Nice. nice. Dice. There you go. You sure doing good. Good job. All right, get inside the cart. Move it along. Move it along. Pardon me. Just keep it going. Walks over, like kind of tugs his cap a little bit. Miss. Sir, what's happened here? Uh, we found a few folks here wandering at night. Uh, they were taken down the street. Looks like they were slain, killed for trying to. Escape the moment. That might be the weather. It's not quite cold enough to put them in a the state we're found in. Frozen, you mean? Hey, how'd you know that? Well, you just said not quite cold enough to put them in the oh, right. state of this weather. Uh, you're astute, I suppose. I, uh, when did you find them? Well, we were called down here about uh, twenty minutes ago by the uh, by folks. By folks. It's not anything we need to be worried about, is it? I'd say recommend stay indoors. It's a bit late. You shouldn't be up this late anyway, Miss. Best dressed as you are. I label to be uh, uh, gathering the attention of folks that would be doing such terrible things to folks like this. So, uh, you know, best to be safe. Go ahead. Thank you. Of course, of course. Who, who, who was it? Do you know who they were? We don't know. We just got here and found the bodies. I understand. Uh, okay. Best find the dress we could say. They were probably uh, other individuals that were working around here or living around here. You know, not wearing threads quite as nice as the rest of you. Mm. We should get back then. Yeah. Right. And at this point, another uh, officer of the perfect comes up and goes, <clears throat> Captain, Captain, I found another one about two blocks up this way. Oh, great. Looks like we have a late night ahead of us. <clears throat> Which direction was the. You saw him pointing further in, uh, kind of in the direction where you were traveling towards the foundry. Oh, great. Where did the dead bodies go? Uh, they're being loaded up into the wagon. And you can see one of them, like, under the sheet, the hand is exposed, and it is blue. And you can see ice just kind of drifting off of it, locked in place, slowly dripping with the rain. Oh, no. If we go that way, I'm sure we will find more proof. Have you ever sent that message? Oh, yes. To Alexandra? I assume you have. Oh, okay, Coming good. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. We tied it to a pigeon, remember? Okay, oh, then yes, it's yes. probably not Donald, it's probably the shadowy, terrible, figure that I saw in my vision. And we don't yet know what to do about that, do we? Go to the foundry. Yeah. Go to the foundry. Let's go to the foundry. Let's go to the foundry. All right. <laughs> okay. I had a thought, and then I didn't. Not a worry. All right, so you continue past this chaos, and you can see as other periphery uh, officers are heading in the direction of where this other body seems to be. You kind of rock, walk in parallel with them and then pass by, indeed, you can glance over and see a scene of uh, a woman uh, in her late 30s, it looks like almost, who is on the ground, arms out, aghast, but herself frozen solid, uh, like her entire body has been just cast in ice. As oh. we're walking, 
if I can, walk <coughs> next to Howard and slightly away from the others. <clears throat> Howard, I hesitate to bring this up, but I must. Is this by any chance similar to the experience you had? Glance back to make sure they're out of your hot, or out of earshot. Hmm. Somewhat, a uh, bit more malevolent, uh, if I were to classify it. Uh, seems to be some sort of freewheeling spirit, less mm. interested in torment and more interested in murder. Uh, I feel like that's fairly obvious. I just don't want to frighten the children. Yes, no, of course. The reason I'm asking is, um, was there anything in particular that you were able to do to stop that from happening? Oh, certainly, uh, appeal to the being's logic, uh, quell its emotions. Though, if I'm being quite honest, this feels somewhat different. Yes. I doubt that this creature is particularly persuaded, or particularly easily persuaded. And I'm not particularly easily frightened, but the one thing that does make me uncomfortable is not knowing. And I have very little knowledge about what's happening this evening, but uh, it seems now we have a time issue. Yes. On we go. On we go. Is it possible to use one of our, our gear? We can use it multiple times as long as it's on us, right? Yeah. As we get closer to the body and, and pass by it, mm -hmm. can I look at my detector and see if there was like a trail from the other bodies to this one? Sure. And beyond? Go ahead and turn on your bleed detector. As you kind of cruise by, the energy crackles a bit, and you can see across the frozen corpse and in the space around it, kind of a smattering of bleed residue. And you can see as one of the officers comes forward and kind of like begins to inspect the body, they go ahead and touch one of those areas of bleed and watch as they kind of like begin to like have a momentary emotional freak of one of those soldiers, or one of their uh, officers begins to try and console them, and they are kind of look, look a bit spooked. And the other officer kind of takes them and sets them down, not fully understanding the scope of what's happening. As you kind of remove your detector and see that there is indeed a continuous thread of corruption, of bleed corruption being left in the wake of whatever this is. Does it go beyond the body of this woman? Uh, best you can tell, as it strikes past the body, it seems to dissipate. If you'd like to try and make a sense test to see if you could gather where that residual bleed energy might be leading you. Okay, you could I'm that. going to use some drive. A five. A five, okay. Uh, as you continue moving along, you kind of focus in, thinking of your hand, thinking of that sensation from earlier when you had touched the lapel of Augie here upon first meeting them, of that memory of that dark shadowed entity that you recall watching freed from within that furnace. And you feel, you sense that kind of, that endless cold, that need for warmth, that need for heat, 
And as you begin to blink your eyes back into focus, you can see that you have lost a few blocks and the rest of you are now approaching the outskirts of the Evanok Foundry. The massive smokestacks, some of many throughout this district, but the black columns of billowing foundry smoke now replaced with gray-white smoke and steam. Oh, so the foundry. Yes. Uh, uh, has, in our, in our journeys throughout the evening, has Arlo shared their experiences at the apartment with us? Like, do we you, know yeah. what you know at this point? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Definitely. Did you say it was a, it almost had jewels on it? The figure, jeweled? Uh, no, not I jeweled. I feel like I remember some weird smooth words, but like I could have been piece? a different. <laughs> 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 Is it smooth like an art, like art? Something. Oh, the, 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 the. The, 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 um, the. The box, pole. you mean. Yes. Oh, uh, oh, it, never mind. it wasn't oh. jeweled. It was it was uh, <coughs> smooth and looked like it was intentionally sculpted, mm-hmm. oh, with okay. grooves dug into it that looked like some sort of intentional design. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So at least we have a visual of what that kind of looked like. Mm-hmm. You okay. do. Yes. Yes. Is there any kind of, I don't know, how, I've never been to a foundry. Is there anything like a, a, an office or, a, or guards or anyone there? Because since it's steaming 24-7, it seems. Indeed. That uh, looks like there are office entrances on the left-hand side. You can see some smaller windows and like an outcropping from this massive, you know, concrete-like foundry structure uh, with a massive, like, double central front door that leads to the interior that is currently closed. Um, there are a number of doors on the side and it is dark from what you can tell uh, from the inside. Um, you do, however, see that two of the doors uh, are open and steam is billowing out from them and you see two figures, two people come screaming out. Just, ah, ah, come running out into the night on hey, two different hey. sides. What's happened? What, what have you, what, what? Uh, One of them runs up, it's kind of like wild blonde hair. You can see his, look, his skin looks like it's been uh, Kind of flash burned, uh, probably from hot steam or something. Kind of his face is just red. He's like, ah, 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 "There's something in there. Oh, the what whole place is filled with smoke." Oh, uh, use your your um, your bleed detector. Do we see it on him? Help him, doctor. Uh, help him. Yeah, doctor. Help me! No, uh, Help me. PhD, not MD. Is he, uh, um, is he burnt? You're burned. Yeah, he, he has like they're not but, they're not serious burns, but you can do. There is like some some low level burns. So, in uh, but uh, my specialty is in medical ethics, and I've met many doctors. I have a master's degree in chemistry. You don't care about any of this. <laughs> and as he's mumbling to himself, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and pull out my uh, safety equipment uh, oh, that I have, yeah. and uh, I'm gonna see if there's uh, any sort of chemical that I can to that that I would know that would neutralize. Like a chemical burn, I'd say. I'd say yes. Okay. Uh, you would. You would know that you have salves uh, specifically mm-hmm. um, for your own use because you do deal with dangerous chemicals, and you want to make sure that you can treat your own uh, injuries in this process. So you do have a few salves that could help. And like, and it looks like only like maybe his forearms and his face have been affected because the rest of him is still like wearing foundry clothing. Um, so it looks like this will be of, of help to him. And I'm I'm just listening to him scream into my face. Uh, yeah, he's like, help, help me, help me. I'm not good with feelings. 
but I'm just rubbing <laughs> lotion on his arms in any way that looks burnt. Oh, 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 thank all right, you. all right. Thank you. It'll be all right. Oh. Is anyone else still in there? You hear a gunshot on the inside. How many uh, people? We're at the late shift. We only go for another hour or so. It was eight of us in there at night. It's just kind of keeping the keeping the furnaces going. And then just started going dark. All the lights started going out. And then this place filled with steam. And then I heard screams. And I had to run. Keep running. Huh. To the hospital. Okay. Okay. And he goes running off. We should go in. All right. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, uh, I've, I've got my cowl on, I'm gonna pop my hood on, I'm gonna put my safety goggles on from my <laughs> safety kit, wrap a thing around my face, I'm just gonna walk in to the steam. Oh. We're gonna walk in. We're gonna walk into where people are running out of there? We're gonna let the dogs lead. Can you try to find a safe path? Sure. Thank you. <laughs> Muffled. I duck, t- try to duck below any smoke and <laughs> follow in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, upon getting close and closer to the building, you hear two more gunshots, uh, and that ever-present sh- that odd sound of just massive moisture being turned to mist and steam emerging from the inside. In Maybe we yeah. shouldn't enter the building. Are we already in, or have we been? You're you're, you're just on the outskirts of it. You hear another scream on the inside. Oh. There's people inside. Yeah. There's people inside, and they're shooting at something. As I don't. As they don't shoot at us when we go in. Uh, okay. This is one of those moments both. where we decide who we are. Indeed. In or out. Augie, I want you to stay behind. No, you're not going in there, but. No, no, you're not going in there alone. Then stay I behind. run in. I, sh- <laughs> I wrap my scarf around my face, and I run in right after him. Great. Okay. I don't like the way you said great. Yeah. <laughs> this is dumb. Great for the story. Yeah, all right. Stories are fun. So have all of you charged into the foundry? God damn it. Um. Did you did you detect bleed on him? We never. I'm uh, we never asked. bleed. We never. Oh, yeah. oh, oh yeah. we never asked. Sorry, I'm I'm the gentleman who. Yeah. Ran out. Ran out. All right. So you go ahead and turn on the bleed detector. Not on him. Oh. He hadn't. Nothing. I. Is there another entrance? You can look for one. Yes. All right. Uh, for that, I would like you to go ahead and make a survey. Oh, test I'm very for me bad at intuition. this. Mm-hmm. God, damn, I'm gonna try. Uh, I'm gonna. Can I look for her? Get another here now. I don't succeed. <laughs> What's your roll? I rolled a three. A three. a three. Okay. So you begin to I wander the outskirts of the structure, looking for another entryway. Um, what are you doing at this time? I was going. So you were already gone. Was, so I've gone in. I'm. I'm yeah. trying to fold into the smoke already. All right. So the three of you stealthily. En- the three of you enter the building through the steam, kind of like keeping low because it is. It is kind of rising up high, and it kind of stings your eyes a bit. But if you keep low enough, it's just hot. As you press in further, further. It gets colder and colder. As the steam seems to be subsiding, the inherent mass of heat that was once the foundry's bellows and furnaces 
slowly being snuffed. As you begin to step within and you search on the outside. I wander home. <laughs> <laughs> Where am I? Uh, um. You watch as one of the smokestacks stops putting off steam. Howard, do you still have your lighter? And you swear you can see a bit of frost kind of appear oh. on the outside of it. Oh no. I'll turn around and, and run back into the, the foundry. Okay, you run back and the door they entered is currently closed and frosted over. <gasps> Um, oh no! Howard, do you do you do you still have your lighter? Oh, certainly. Do with it as you wish. Um, I'm going to. I'm going to take the scuff off my hand and just keep the lighter in front of me, just in case if we see anything that requires us to to like a decoy, a heat decoy. I'm going to light that on fire and throw it. Okay. As you begin to step beyond the offices. Uh, of the entry where you came through, you push past desks and paperwork scattered about and chairs that got knocked over as the people within the foundry immediately fled outside of it. You step into the main chamber of the central foundry itself. Steam rising up in plumes all around. You can see there are these massive grooves in the ground, these deep pits of concrete where you can see uh, molten metal had been poured and set to build beams for construction and other means of, of, of building throughout the city. You can see there are massive pores, these cauldron-like machines that are affixed by numerous thick chains above, uh, and there are uh, ladders that rise up to catwalks that go all across a second and third level up above. The entire height of this building is roughly 25 or so feet to 30 feet up from where the floor of it sits. Um, but you can only see it in parts because of these columns of steam that are, that are rising from where you can see the, the furnaces and bellows are all now just these cooled, low cinders. And ice has gathered around chunks of these structures, around parts of the ladders along parts of the catwalk, and you can see about five bodies, all frozen in places. You can see two on the catwalk above. There is one towards the center of the foundry. There's one towards the front of the massive double doors that open the front of the foundry itself for larger halls to be brought in or taken out. Um, and there is one that is to the left of where you are by the office. As you kind of glance over and look at the one to your left that's closest to you, you see just the faintest bit of blue light begin to appear about three feet above where the frozen body stands. That slowly begins to take the shape of a humanoid form. Uh, uh, this, uh, this is the same, this is the same that has happened in the apartment, yes? Well, I didn't see that thing before, but the, everything turned to ice like this. Arlo. Oh, damn, where is she? Oh, Which, and, Arlo, and, what are you doing? Um, pushing on the door. <laughs> Anything? Uh, <laughs> if you'd like to make a strike test yeah, right. to see if you can somehow break the ice that encases the doorway and force it open. Oh! Oh, I take the lower. It's a fail. Oh, <laughs> damn. Um, You're desperately pushing and pushing, and you <laughs> slam into it once more, not realizing that some of the ice that gathered on the side has a bit of a jagged edge to it and end up taking your gray hand. And like, shush, impaling it slightly on the piece of ice. It doesn't hurt, but as you pull away, you can see there is now a gash in it that where it's open, you can see what would be exposed flesh instead looks almost like just a vacuous void of nothing beyond the torn skin. 
I do want you to take a body. Oh. Okay. Change of tactic. Um, are there any vehicles on the street? When you look around, there is a large, uh, it looks like a, like a hauling wagon with wheels um, for carrying massive amounts of materials. And you can see there's, uh, it looks to be piles of ingots, like melted uh, metal ready for uh, crafting and utilized in all sorts of, of metallic construction, as well as uh, stone, uh, chains and tools and such that are pushed upon it, but like it's like a massive truck-like vehicle. Can I go see if it's open? Yeah, you go. You go in, and the, the side of it, it it's it is open. Uh... I'm going to try to turn it on. <laughs> okay. Uh, now these sort of of vehicles uh, are relatively new to New Fair. Yes, but our family does have an electric carriage. Indeed. So I'm used to driving. I would like you to, uh, let's go ahead and make a focus okay. test, if you don't mind. See if I can remember how to drive it? See if you can remember I how can to also, drive it. I can also, it says control is in charge of driving as well. That's true, actually. I mean, either way, it's the same I'll, I'll say you can choose. Either control or focus is your Okay. Because this is less about controlling the actual vehicles, it's more about Knowing how to operate something that is very different from what you're used to, but trying to allocate that knowledge from one to the other. Oh, that's dumb, Laura. What? <laughs> which one was which? I, I wasn't like, looking. I, I, that one I saw this was a one? five, but I don't know what the rest of them were because I couldn't see where they went. This think, one looks like a five. That one was like a five. They're all mixed in. I think that five was one of your rolls okay, on, okay, the right, okay, on the right yeah, side. Yeah. Okay. There. Yeah. Okay. Then five. Five. Okay, it's a mixed success. <laughs> I don't see any like major like full successes, so we're safe. No worries. So you head to the front of the vehicle and you see what the crank is, and you start going <clears throat> cranking it. Eventually, it picks up and sure. <laughs> you get back in the vehicle, and it's heavy. It's 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 got this in, intense vibration to it, and it, even as you begin to kind of like try and, and shift it a bit, kind of change the gears a bit. You can feel some of the stuff in the back of it that's not currently tied down shift. Oh. It's it's not ready for hauling. That's okay. I'm just going to drive forward and try to drive it into the doors. That's now girl. I'd like you to make a drive test. That's, that's oh. my girl. Oh. Come on, come on, come on. There's airbags, right? <laughs> We've got airbags. <laughs> she is the airbag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm gonna use my last drive. You got it. Yes. You got it. Use your last drive. Drive, 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 Oh, I don't have it in the nerve. I only have resistance in cunning and intuition. No! I can't even re-roll it. No, my oh, sweet no. Oh, no! <laughs> so, you managed to essentially, you don't know how to turn it around. It's too big and too wide, so you just back up as hard as you can into the entryway to this foundry. You just, it's about a 30, 40 foot uh, strip of, of of space between the two, and you slam it in this as hard as you can. 
it hits, and the door cracks a bit open. However, as soon as the vehicle stops moving, some of the poles oh, no. that are resting in the back of this, Final Destination style, come rocketing through ah. the back from where you're currently sitting. And thankfully, you're an intuitive entity who has attuned yourself to the dangers of the world, and there's something, something here that tells you to, to duck desperately. Um, not fast enough to not take a heavy knock to the head. Crack as two of the poles go shooting through the front, and one hits it. You take a body oh, mark, and the door is partially damaged, but not fully open. I can't get out. While that's happening, <laughs> while that's happening, you all are inside right now. You and you can see now the various frozen bodies, the steam rising to the center of this foundry, and indeed that kind of slowly apparating bit of ghostly blue. Do we see it in any of the others? No, just the one that's right next to you. Uh, it's not. It is funny, but oh goodness. Um, uh, what do you, you do in these situations? Uh, uh, I'm going to tear up the scarf and start with one, uh, light it on fire, and just put it right in, like, in front of us and back up. Okay. You all kind of back away from it with the scarf there. The spirit apparates, and you can see it takes on the humanoid limbs of the frozen body below it. And it kind of, you watch its jaw. Descend and stretch the vacuous dark eyes like Donald's. It becomes this ghastly, horrifying nightmare being that reaches for the heat and embraces it, and the flames immediately snuff as it does. There's a brief glimmer of nightmarish uh, euphoria on its face, and as you all have backed away about 15 or so feet from where it is, you can see it kind of look around, confused, and then slowly pull back and just become this kind of faint glowing blue orb above the body, just resting. Keep going. Go further away. Go further in. Go. Did you capture these things? What do you do? I don't know. I, uh, when you first mentioned that Arlo was not there the first time I clocked it, mm -hmm. so there's no way I'm gonna, I just not, can't leave, I'm not gonna leave her behind. Yeah. <laughs> At which yeah. moment, you immediately hear this yeah. heavy boom, this impact that echoes throughout the interior. The whole foundry kind of shakes, and you can see bits of ice kind of fall from different places within the interior of the foundry. Uh, it echoes, it is, it is a loud bang. It's gonna get a lot of attention. Oh shit. Uh, I'm gonna take off back toward where, where we came from, the, 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 the door. Where we came in. Okay, you go back to the door, and poof, indeed, it's like closed and yeah. kind of currently. I will say uh, the impact on the foundry from this seems to have cracked a bit of the ice. If you were yeah. to attempt to kick it open or something, you could certainly I'm try that. Drag Augie back. This is too dangerous to have him in here. Let's go. I'll uh, drag him back to him. Okay. Yeah, I'll well, kick. As you're doing this. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, you both do what you're doing, and yeah. we'll come back to you. Oh, yeah, uh, I'll, uh, I'll kick a piece of rebar from off the ground into my hand and. Uh, Try, kind of try to jam to the door and see if I can just muscle and pry it open. Yeah, let's go ahead and make a strike. Strike test for me. If uh, you don't mind. I'm gonna I'm gonna spend a drive. Go for it. I would like our ghost person to be here with the ghosts. Fuck all fails. Never <laughs> oh, no. resistance you want to spend or? Yes, oh. I should be good at this. <laughs> That's the one. Give me two on there then. <gasps> That's right. I don't get to use my drive. And then, but I, it, but it's not the worst. It's not a disadvantage, right? No. Okay. Well. Just love two on there. <laughs> oh my God. Snake eyes. No. No. Shit. Oh my God. 
Apparently, you are striking. <laughs> trying to break off the ice, trying to break off the handle, trying to do whatever you can to get through this. Um, and it's it's just, it's barring you from getting through. Uh, that noise and the impact of that as both of you are deciding to back up, you watch as something just kind of darts through the mist, through the steam. Some sort of shape, just kind of like a bird, like the shadow of a bird. Almost winged, but they're not wings. Just something disappears through the steam, through the mist. These hand and I keep moving backwards with eyes in that direction, keep moving towards that door, keep moving towards him. Out of the nearby mist, you almost see it begin to roll and spin like, like a breeze is blowing through the steam. And as it does, you see a face made of shadow begin to just push through, invisible to the eye if not for the middle of this steam bath that's been created. You see its form for a second, its eyes glowing a faint, angry, Orange. The mouth opens up <gasps> as it darts towards you, and you instinctually duck out of the way as it darts into the chamber as you're trying to smash this door, and instead it strikes right into your body from behind. You feel your entire form begin to seize up in pain. Uh, you take a bleed, my friend. You immediately kind of like turn around and try and pull away from this striking pain. How does this bleed? affect you? How does it stri strike its way into your perception? Uh, it's, uh, the, the, the strangest part is it's familiar. Uh, it, it harkens back to a memory from a year ago, and it fills me with guilt and revulsion and shame, and uh, it, it affects my mind, which is one of the, the most, the highest guarded place of me. Uh, and it's it's the worst experience. You hear a voice ring through your mind. You fool! That memory strikes and you take a brain as well. <gasps> oh, oh no, no, you did it to yourself! You all go, you snake eyes! But as you wrestle yourself away from this frozen form, you do manage to force the door just barely open before you stumble and tumble onto the ground. You turning around and seeing this shadow creature kind of turn up and then vanish into the secondary floor, just spectrally disappearing through the solid matter and return somewhere within the foundry. I run to him and, and, uh, uh, how would, Yes? I won't even bother to ask you all right. Can we go? Let's go. It's about this time that uh, Arlo stumbles out of the vehicle, oh. blood pouring down one side of her face. Oh lord! Uh, I'm kind of like half out the door, yeah, yeah. and I just sort of wave. Uh, hello. Did it work? No. Oh. Uh, yeah. Augie, go help her. I'll grab him and put his arm around m my shoulder. Mm. Unless you. Go for it. You're a man with a mind of your own. We're just gonna leave. Did we find it? Did we find the beast? Well, we found it, but we still don't know how to defeat it, and we still don't know how to stop it. We still don't know how to capture it. We don't okay. know. Maybe yet. we okay. can find one okay. of those fuel things and and capture it back inside of it. That's exactly. So we should find it within the foundry, right? Was it within the foundry, or was it someone around the foundry? Didn't. Isn't that what? Uh, Lay the dimension that 
one of them they gave to the foundry as part of their usual drop-off, and then one was given to Donald. To Donald, and that would have been taken by the OUP. So we have to find the one that- source of the call. Because I know what it looks like? Mm-hmm. Is there, is there anywhere I can do like a check out if I can see it? You can if, if you if, if you I'm still inside. Go back in. If you go back in, you can try that if you want to. Can I get? Is the okay. door open enough that I can come in? Oh yeah, he he bashed through the door. Okay, I'm just. Are we good to go in or should we leave? <clears throat> I have a theory if you're willing to hear it. I would love to. Uh, I'm not certain this is the source of our woes, but just perhaps the food of our woes. Uh, are you familiar with the law of thermodynamics? Entropy? Uh, oh yeah, of course! Uh, the long and short of it is, I believe we unleashed something, and it has a hunger for heat, and we've simply stumbled upon its dining space. This may not be the place to trap it, or hurt it, or defeat it. I believe we've just wandered into its feeding grounds. But I could be incorrect, it's a highly unsubstantiated theory at this point. So it's just a hungry ghost? But. If my theory doesn't hold and we can't trap it within the rock again. We may. Then maybe if they put enough heat on the other rock, then we'll create two of these shadow beasts. Well, uh... By accident. So we should probably find it regardless. Mm-hmm. Right? All right, I'm gonna take a pieces. I'm really good at hiding. I'm just gonna go in there and I'm just gonna just look real quick. It's okay, it's okay. All right, I'm gonna go in, and I'm just gonna try to just sneak it throughout. Sneaky peekies, maybe take a quick. It, did you say that there was like a little office area that? There's we an office in? area where you all first entered through, okay. and then the back door of that opens into the foundry proper. Okay, I'll check in the office. And all the bodies are in the foundry. All proper. the bodies are in the foundry. Right? Oh yeah, let's search the office. I'll check. Yeah, I'll, I'll check I'll, the I'll, office. I can't let him go in there okay. by himself. Okay. So. Uh, go ahead and make a survey. Test under intuition for can, me, if you don't we mind. Both do it. Or right. only one. Hmm? We both do it. Or only one. Well, if one of you wants to do it, and the other can help. Uh, Your survey is better me. than mine. Yeah, you want, just help me. Do it. Yeah. Help. <clears throat> um, let me. I'm gonna do this. Saw this coming again. So you get. Uh, okay. Okay. I'm gonna assist you. Bye. Looking around and telling you what I saw, what it looks like. I know what we're. You're so much younger. You have such better vision. I have really good eyes. (laughs) Eagle eyes, they call me. Four. Four. Okay, that's a mixed success. So you're going to the office and you start scouring the space as quickly as you can. Everything in here looks like it is formal paperwork. It looks like it is uh, ledgers. It looks like it is documentation of contracts they've signed with different. Uh, guilds and and figures around the the city to keep things going, and you're starting to get frustrated. And then, as you're glancing, like by the doorway that leads into the foundry, uh, you also see what looks to be uh, large containers, like metallic containers that hold hold all sorts of coal and fuel that are often shoveled into the various furnaces to run the foundry. Just grab one. Just grab one. Oh, you find the the whole container? You're just grabbing the whole container. How big is it? It's like a barrel. Uh, it looks like there's there's three or four of them that are about six and a half feet tall and about four feet wide each, and they're all just filled with. Uh, I mean, can we dump them? They're inside the foundry. Like uh, they're like, inside. They're inside. So see, that's where it's going to be. All right. All right. What if I just do a sneaky? I'm really good at being sneaky. Just a quickie. I can't do it. 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 I can't
tell you what to do. Okay. I'm gonna Keep I'm gonna I'm gonna try to go. If you see a shadowy beast coming towards you, don't the fuck Yeah, out. don't go towards it. She okay. may have just been in an automobile accident, but yeah, this you, is sound you, you advice. Out of your head. <laughs> and you're you look a mess. Yeah. Okay, okay, I'll be two two seconds. Two seconds. All right, you can sneak in there. All right, I will have, go ahead and uh, roll hide under cunning for me. If you don't mind, go ahead and test that. Hide under cunning, okay, okay, so, okay, okay, okay. Um, oh, there's um, a hide, we could have taken skills in hide. Yeah. I should have done that, or yeah. really anything so with else. these. You know what, I'm also going to spin a drive. Oh, wait, there you go. So you have, oh wait, I didn't do that. Yeah. Okay, so. Yeah, yeah, come on, yeah, 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 come yeah. on, baby. Need this. All right, all right, all right. Oh, okay, okay. We got a six. We got a six. Ooh. We got a six. That's a success. Finally. Okay. So as you're sneaking through, Bob, the steam wait. still rising around here, you can see the shape <gasps> darting through. Occasionally, hearing <clears throat> as it moves through, it looks like it's searching, seeking new sources of heat, um, and is just kind of avoiding the space where you are. You go near the one of the ice bodies, and you see that kind of. As you get closer, you can see there's like a faint blue orb that begins to apparate at your proximity, and you just kind of move away, and it dissipates, and you begin to pick up the sense that these these spirits that are locked in place are drawn to the proximity of heat. So you feel safe at about a 15-foot distance from them. As you begin to move through and around, you begin to eventually move past the, the dying orange glow of the nearest uh, foundry divot where that thick molten kind of steel and, and the the burning materials are now growing cold, and you head over towards these massive <clears throat> containers with what looks like large, small bricks and brickets of uh, fresh coal and other burnable materials. Those are bigger than I thought they'd be. Okay, um, I'm gonna just quietly try to just start searching. All right, I would like. I'd like you to make a survey test to try and. Okay, I'm gonna use a drive. How big is this container of coal? Uh, there's there's four of them, and they are six and a half feet by four foot. Oh, is okay. This, okay. Is this foundry? I would imagine it's mostly made of metal, not wood. Uh, concrete metal. Am I close enough that I could help him, or no? You can try and sneak in to help if you'd like. Oh. I hide as shit. Are there furnaces around that we can see? There are two furnaces in the middle of the chamber, two massive ones, uh, but they're they both, they're, they're, there's like a very faint, warm glow of light in them. They're almost out. They're all ones. Oh. They're all ones. They're all ones. They're all ones. All ones. Can I see him? Yeah. Can you use a resistance? Can you roll again? Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Uh, yes. Oh, yes. This is like. I keep forgetting those. This reminds me. We can't me. help. We can't give advantage on this. Nope. This nope. is like in Maverick at the end when he doesn't look at the card. Uh, spoiler alert. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. So, how many points do you have in that? Survey. <laughs> one. So you get one dice to roll on this. Three roll. Okay. Unless you want to spend more. Not drives. the new. Not Top Gun Maverick. Oh. Yeah. Old like Maverick. the oldie timey like, Maverick. Yeah. yeah. Mel Gibson card. Watch the movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, or you can just leave it up to fate. I'll leave it up to fate. 
people of it. No, no, let's do it. No, let's <laughs> do it, Augie. Do it. Let's go. Rolled over other it did, days. It did, it did, it did. It's a one. Fair. Oh, but it literally like rolled I know, over. It really That's did. Not a lot of it was, it was, it was a that was worth a shot. Okay. So, so as you're looking through, you're like you're through, moving around. Some of them like falling and making a little noise. Like shit, shit. You're moving through. Uh, what you don't notice is what you see across the way. As suddenly, after the thing has been flying around, you you don't notice it moving anymore. And then just out of the floor, right behind Augie. The dark shadow emerges. And I scream, Here! And I light my scarf on fire and I throw it on the floor. Here! You got it. Uh, you scream this at the same time that the creature kind of runs its long shadow claws up through Augie's body. No. You feel like all of your internal organs instantaneously spot freeze within you. You feel all the muscles seize up. And for a brief moment, you remember what it was like. Once again, to have your spirit jettisoned from your body from that detonation, uh, you take a bleed and a body. And I need you to explain to me how you are affected by this bleed corruption. Okay, um, so I feel like it tastes a little bit like iron and, and it feels like a, a microcurrent. It's like electricity kind of moving all around, and it hurts. Um, and I think I'm, I'm just really scared. Okay. As that sensation leaves you, and you fall to your knees, you cough, and you can see like black liquid just onto the ground, which then spot freezes onto the ground, it almost cracks. Um, the shadow entity flickers up, and you, screaming out, As I, Is it possible, I would like to mm -hmm. attempt to like dive behind something to hide, dive, and get, as I'm getting closer to him, some godforsaken way, parkour my way out of this. The, the, the burning flame does seem to have caught its attention. Mm -hmm. Uh, now you could make a hide test to see how well you can use it to distract enough to get you past it. Excellent. Can I, we do the same? I want to try to just run. Once the thing is on fire, I'm going to just try to run towards Augie. I'm not even hiding. I'm just trying to run towards yeah. Augie and the fuel sources. Okay. Yeah. And you are? Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I mean, if that if that if that's the most immediate threat to the to the group for sure, yeah. I'll go for Augie. Just trying. Okay. That's what we're all trying to do. I'm just trying to parkour. Parkour. Sorry. Um, I'm going to use. <laughs> Cunning drive, not resistance. I used the right <laughs> word this time. One, two, so I get one die and then I used two. This is a high stakes roll, correct? Oh, yeah. Okay. No, just I'm, I'm checking what I can actually do. Um, six. Yes! Nice. So as you ignite the scarf and throw it, the scarf lands, and as it hits the ground, it looks like uh, some of the scattered uh, charcoal materials nearby actually catches well, and it becomes a brief bonfire, about two feet wide. It begins to ignite. The creature sweeps into it, and it hits it, and the flame flickers out, but then kind of begins to re-catch, uh, resisting the immediate flash of uh, cold that's flushed upon it. You can see crystals emerge around it, and parts of the outside of the, uh, the briquette 
kind of freeze over, but the flame emerges and begins to melt it. Um, in this instant, you kind of run and dart around the side. The other two of you kind of running across the way to you all meet up with Augie. Charlie, how would do either of you carry a flask? Never been a drinking man, sorry. Of course I do. Save that. Next fuel source. Yes. Um, and I'm gonna use the bleed detector on the the fuel sources and see if I can sense where that stone might be. As you engage the bleed detector, looking in this space, in this brief kind of intense moment, uh, you glance around uh, and I would need you to go ahead and make a survey roll. Um, or somebody make one, but. Okay. Or a sense? Can Maybe I? a sense. Actually, roll? you can make a sense as well, okay, because that is where it. you are definitively. Okay, yeah. This is, this is opposed to like like looking for it, more like using this to amplify your ability <clears throat> to feel its presence and kind of guide you like a beacon. Okay, I'm going to. So I'm adding two dice, and I get a gilded as well mm-hmm. on this. Anybody helping? Just in cases? We're good? I can't. Oh, okay. Can I roll out. Okay, I got a, a mixed success. A mixed success, yes. you got it. Uh, as you f- focus your eyes, you, even behind your eyelids, extending this, you can feel your gray hand. The like, glove is off. Yeah, it's drawn in a direction, almost like it's pulling you again. And as you kind of let it do so, your hand pushes through this pile of fuel, of, of, of coal rocks, and you kind of push past, eyes still closed, until you grab something and pull back, it tumbles out, making noise as you do, and you pull free a cylindrical-like structure, about this big, uh, that is made of what looks like smoothed obsidian with caps on the end, but it is intricately carved with all manner of what looks like glyphs or runes or language that you do not recognize. Uh, It is just pure black and cold to the touch. Uh, And as you kind of look at this, and realize what you hold in your hand. You you know this this is old. This is ancient. And it's at this moment, as you all are kind of looking at this with surprise, the shadowed hand <laughs> emerges from the center of your chest from behind. The shadowed claw of this ghostly entity pushing through your sternum. Your eyes go white, and you feel as the bleed begins to strike from within and spread outward. You take another bleed. Does it come close to my necklace? It does. Then I'm going to say that hits my bleed ward. Uh, my ward soak, rather. Oh, yeah. It soaks one of the bleed. Cool. So as, as the arm goes through, your necklace flashes with a bright burst of almost like a localized sunlight. As it does, the hand withdraws, and the creature pulls away and darts away, like almost like it, it was burned by the proximity of this this relic you have. <sighs> what do we do with it? Uh, How do we open it? May don't, I? Don't, don't open it. Uh, I'm gonna take it, and I'd like to look over it for uh, any like discerning marks, even that from, from Old Fair, anything that I would possibly know. I'd like a focus test from you oh, to see God. if you can ascertain the nature of oh, what this is. I wish is. I could help you, I don't have any more drive. Should be good at it, but maybe I'm not. Let's find out. Uh, four on the gilded. Oh. Four on the gilded. So you get a drive back. Great. And that is a mixed success. Yeah. Okay. Um, you, looking it over, notice that in the scaffolding above you and to the left of you, two of the bodies that are frozen, you've like moved a little bit close to, 
and the glowing blue orbs of spirits that hang are beginning to form into their spiritual bodies and slowly drift in your direction. You've drawn the attention of some of these other spirits. By glancing at it, you can see these, these carvings in here. Uh, you don't understand the language at all, but it looks like they are grooves for something to be placed against them. It looks like something is meant to activate it. Something is meant to fill these grooves. Do we see? Do, do we see those things? Do, do I see those things? Uh, you do also, yeah. As you all kind of like glancing at him, you see. Um, like this. I'm gonna immediately open the flask and pour pour a little bit of alcohol out and light it and back up. Let's get the fuck back out of here. Yeah. The two spirits immediately begin to convene towards the alcohol fire that you've left behind. I'm gonna think about. Do you do you say that out loud that you know something's supposed to be going in those runes? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, sure, yes. yeah, absolutely. Then I'm gonna, I don't know if this is gonna work, but I'm gonna think back to Eddie, and I'm going to. Uh, I'm gonna bite my hand as hard as I can and try to put some blood in those groups and see if it does anything. Okay, you you bite your hand, your left hand. Oh, why did I do that? I have a fucking. This shitty blood all over my face. <laughs> I might <laughs> do that instead. <laughs> <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> hey. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, you do have plenty of blood on your face, yeah. and as you wipe it free, you go ahead and place your hand onto this uh, device. As you do, it begins to get warmer to the touch, and you watch as the red coloration of your exposed blood begins to seep and fill the grooves along the exterior of this device. Uh, just parts of it. Not quite enough blood to completely encompass all of the markings that are drawn across it, but it seems to be almost absorbing what you rubbed across it. Is it it's warmer? It feels to the touch. Uh, I want to look around at the a uh, apparitions and see if they're reacting to this at all. Is this uh, the apparitions, the only two that have uh, that are the natural spirits that were kind of left behind, are currently absorbing and, and quenching the flame that you ignited while you're all backing out towards the entrance. Um, you just now, after seeing that, the shadow entity flee for a moment, you can see it's now rising back up in the center of the foundry. And now you get a kind of a, a closer look of it in the midst of the steam. You can now see it has a humanoid form. Its feet, its legs kind of drift into a long shadow tail, but you can almost see shoulders and a head, like armor, you don't recognize. A, uh, a warrior headdress that is uh, multiple metallic-like quills that almost run off the back of its head. It looks like it is adorned in some sort of ceremonial battle gear that you've never seen before. And it's kind of glowing eyes fit within the center of that shadow structure. And you see it kind of rise up from the center. Its jaw extends, its eyes go black, and the shadowed form becomes almost immaterial as it begins to dive through the mist in your direction. I, mean, I immediately go like this, and you see, I, there's like a little bit of wax in my hand, and you, as I pull forward, you see a hidden jackknife just appear into my hand from my sleeve. I flip it open, I cut my hand open, and I put it on the... Okay, mark a body. Yes. As you wound yourself and place your hand on the opposite side of what you're holding, uh, and Howard, as you're kind of clutching it, you watch as the rest of the blood that's pulled from Charlotte's body begins to seep into the rest of the grooves until each one of them is filled with that deep red coloration. The minute it is, the red begins to brightly glow into a reddish-orange color. At I this certainly hope we're correct about this theory. 
as you kind of hold it in your hand, (laughs) the shadowed entity (laughs) comes streaking towards you angrily, its arms out in front. Oh, I don't want to do any of this! <laughs> As you set it down, it kind of like <laughs> onto the ground, and the shadow creature kind of swoops up and seems to take in the sight of what you've just set before it. And it spins to go just as the runes glow brightly, and you watch as these red tethers whip out like dozens of tentacles that just wrapping around it before pulling it back into this chunk of ancient obsidian before it just goes quiet. I can't believe that worked. Well, neither can I. Are there still blue spirits around us? Little orbs. You look around you at the other bodies and you see all the orbs indeed have formed into the spiritual bodies of the humans that lie frozen to the floor beneath them. And as they all kind of stand there, floating in the air, you swear you can hear voices say, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. As they all just drift away into nothing, passing to where other boundaries await them beyond the flare. We shouldn't touch that. Maybe wrap it in our coat. I'm going to take off my jacket and wrap it around it. Okay. You don't pick it up. It's still heavy to the touch, but you're not directly contacting it with your yeah. skin. We should get out of here before. We need to get this to Alex. Um, Taking whatever little remnants remain of my scarf and wrap it around my hand. And I don't okay. even, I'm, don't even look at you and I just take your hand and go. Okay, Can we, is the way to get out of here quickly? Indeed, as you're heading towards the exit of the foundry, you can see a number of unmarked electric carriages begin to approach from the outside that you recognize to be commonly used by the OUP. We should go in a go different quick. direction. Is there, is there any other, other exit, exit that we know from that? There, there are back exits to okay, the foundry. Let's do that. Let's yes, go yes, that yes. way. Okay, so you go ahead and push out <clears> the, the rear portion of this. As you do, the temperature is notably warmed within this foundry, and you can hear the drips of rapidly melting ice, no longer held by whatever dark spiritual presence had turned this place into a massive freezer. You shove off into now the dark, early hour of morning, sifting through the alleys of the steel, and you are currently heading to... Um, is there a, the, I, like a... Candela, safe house type thing that we. There know are a of. few spots in the city where you know contacts can lead you into like some hidden rooms back. You head to um, this small, uh, kind of like a, an eclectic bookstore that sits on the outskirt, uh, the outskirts of the the varnish. Uh, that's called the uh, the Gilded Rainbow, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a small little kind of looks like a family owned place. Uh, and you step inside, and you can see the uh, the man who runs it is this rather uh, handsome in his older age gentleman with kind of like Reed Richards-looking hair, bit of a scruffy <laughs> beard, uh, glasses, and a, a long pipe that kind of comes down to here. He's just currently pouring over a book in front these late hours. Um, and you know, no bookstore in its right mind would be open for business at this hour, but this is definitely not a normal bookstore. 
and as you enter, uh, uh, Reggie, as you know him by, kind of grants over the rest of your news. It's rather late for arrivals. Uh, you look a bit worse for wear. I assume your assignment has been uh, taking its toll? Completed, I, I believe, for the most part. We oh. were part of an uh, industrial accident. Understood. Well, um, who's your lightkeeper? Alex O'Neill. I'll reach out to uh, Alexandra, and uh, you may clean up in the back room. Thank you. <laughs> closes his book, takes a puff off his pipe, and goes and closes and locks the front door. As we're cleaning up, uh, I haven't looked at Augie for some time, and then finally, when I do, I came to Candela because of something that happened to me when I was your age. Something nobody should have had to see at your age, or at mine. I came here to make sure it didn't happen to any other child to try to do my best to keep that from happening. Now, I have seen plenty of things in this universe that are terrifying, truly terrifying. I don't need you to create them for me. I need you to stay safe, do you understand? I understand. I'm also very proud of you. That was probably the craziest night I've ever had. <laughs> you haven't spent any nights in the red light district then, have you? Well, <laughs> I, is, there, is everyone okay? And you? <laughs> Crashed a truck into a building. I saw. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't work. It did not. I'll have to send payment to them. I believe. May I see the, the object? Oh, of course. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I'm gonna. It's still wrapped in my coat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh, gonna look around for <clears> old, <throat> what was his name? The older gentleman from Reggie. Bookstore. Reggie. He's still in the back. Uh, I'm gonna. <laughs> pull a, uh, a larger tome off one of the shelves and lay it on a desk and, and take the object out and set it on the tome and just kind of roll it into the page so that it makes like a, an imprint of it. <laughs> and then Smart. pull the book back up and give it back to Arlo. Oh. Thank you, Arlo. Oh, you a clever man. Brilliant. There's a reason he's a professor. <laughs> Thank you. That was actually pretty cool. A short time later, you hear the front door open, and coming in from the now softening rain of the <laughs> evening weather, Lightkeeper Alexandra steps in. Are you all sending it like shit? But um, Reggie tells me that you had quite the night out, and uh, what around town has there been? Uh, been quite a, quite a scuffle in a very pissed off OUP on the outside of a foundry. So, you're alive. And 
successful. Ah. Don't set it on fire. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Good to know. Do you know the nature of what uh, did this? He seemed like a, a warrior, a warrior spirit. Ancient. Yes, definitely from Old Fair. I wonder if this was either a burial rite or it was a punishment. He seemed like he did not want to go back in. Well, poor boy, hasn't been your night, has it? <laughs> we'll get it to our researchers and see if we can ascertain the historical connections to what this individual may be, as well as the incantation that binds it, and if there are more to be discovered so we can keep them from creating more mischief and losses in the future. Alexandra? Yes? Can you let Candela know that I would like some of my donations to be rerouted to the Clara House? Certainly. Thank you. I can have that done. Well, you've done well. Not bad for a freshly forged circle, I'd say. And a freshly inducted member of Candela Obscura. I, I don't know if I want to be a member of this club because this was, this was a bit much. Oh, but Augie, you were so wonderful. I was? Truly, you were very brave. And I've never seen anyone hide as well as you did. Hmm. And I would say, if you're going <laughs> to learn about terrifying things, I'd rather you do it next to me. Alexandra grabs a chair and scoots up and sits like right directly in front of you, eye to eye, and goes, look, Augie, you don't have to do this. You can walk out of here and never see us again for the rest of your life. That's entirely up to you. But unfortunately, like the rest of us, you know what you've seen, and you know what's out there. That'll never leave you. And what you've done tonight, whether or not you believe it, I saved the lives of innumerable people. And what you could do in the future can save many more. But that choice is yours when the time comes. There's no pressure here. We don't do this. Most of us don't do it because we like it. It's because if we don't, who will? Mm. And there's far worse people out there than the OUP. They're at least just incompetent. There are others that have more um, malevolent interests with the sort of things you've seen. So, you do what you will. I know that we respect that, and even just your time tonight is appreciated. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll think on it. Think on it. Regardless, on behalf of Candela, thank you all very much. I think it's time you all got some rest. The sun should be rising in the next few hours. I think you can probably take some time off, maybe. Oh, but you have a gentleman waiting for you, don't you? Oh, God. <laughs> Can't keep him waiting. <laughs> he did have a nice frame. Mm. Mm. Some different tastes for different people. He did help us. 
important. Hey, Reggie. It's like Gibber. You've got a you've got a guest room back here, eh? Yes, I do. But I mean, hasn't been hasn't really found anyone to take up the rent here as of late. Why? Well, if you need a place to stay, at the very least, Candela is happy to give you all the books you can read. Nice bed to sleep in. Reggie's not the worst company. About, well, what's the rent going to cost? All right. I think you paid it tonight. Yeah, all right. Thank you. With that, I got business to attend to. My night is not over. Hmm. Till we meet again. Hopefully, long from now. Mm-hmm. She pulls her coat up, puffs once more off her cigar, and exits off into the night. Yeah. It's a step up from a card in an office. Hey, anything's a step up from a hard street. Hmm. What's the name of this bookstore again? It's the Gilded Rainbow. Killed in Rainbow. Uh, I think she's right. I think it's time we all found some rest. Of course. It'll be okay, yes? Yeah. We'll be fine. You always know where I am. I do. Do you believe you'll be staying here, Aki? I think so. I think so. I, I think this is, this is the nicest place I've ever stayed in. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna stay. So if you ever need to find me, I'm just gonna be right here. I do like to find a good book every now and then. I believe we'll be visiting. I mean, he, he's probably gonna be just lots of books for you here, Doctor. Certainly. And, and by the way, for the record, tonight, I would give your performance a C minus, but <laughs> All there right. is room for improvement. Trust me, from him, that's a compliment. Thank you, Professor. As you all begin to scatter off to your evening's rest to find your daily activities and Recovery from the events mm. of the previous evening will conclude this venture here, the first outing as a circle of the Vassal in the Veil vale, under Candela Obscura in the city of Newfair. Yes. Uh, that being the case, let's go ahead and take your Candela Circle sheet and mark your progress here. Okay, okay, okay. Yes. <clears throat> so going to the illumination yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah. Are you okay. in charge? You're in charge. I'll charge. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. You're in charge. In the, I'll be bookkeeper. Perfect. At the end of a session, we have some questions to get through. <laughs> okay. Did you contain or destroy a source of bleed? Yeah, yes, did. you did. That's one point. Did you provide comfort or support for those affected? Yeah. Yes. 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 Did? You yes. Someone rubbed, rubbed the salve on a man. You slathered a nice man up. Yeah. You yeah. did. Yeah. You did. Greased him. Greased him. <laughs> well, Delicious. straight to nice. the elbow. Nice. <laughs> did you bring something of importance back for Candela Obscura to study? Yes, we did. Yes, you did. Yeah. That's three points there. It's covered in blood, but. And 
you have at the bottom of your sheet XP triggers. As long as each of you hit one, raise your hand if you hit one of your XP triggers. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Well, just so everyone knows where we'll go around here, what was your XP trigger? Making a deal. Making a deal. Yeah. Awesome. Deceive. Great. I acted bizarre. Yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, mentored an alley, uh, ally, but not an alley. Hello, young alley. Come under my wing. <laughs> Perfect. So that's that, one for each person. One for each person. Yay. That's four additional points in the illumination chart. We're going to get a bold circle next. Great. Yeah, our next circle that we fill in is bold. I don't know what that means, but it's. It's a milestone, <gasps> which can affect some of the uh, abilities in the circle. Nice. Now. That being the case, okay, okay, okay. we also have Kenda Abdullah, uh, Kendella Abdullah, Kendella Obscura <laughs> resources to spend. Okay. There should be five in each stitch, refresh, and train. Now, these resources do not refresh until you complete the illumination track. So, these have to last you through the end of the tracks going, which means. Oh, for stitch our next couple games. Exactly. Got so, it. these have to last you through the rest of the next two sessions. So, the first ones, the stitches, a person can spend one to just clear all of the marks they've taken. Now remember, uh, three marks, you're still okay. Once you get a fourth mark, you get a scar. It doesn't mean you're dead, it just means you get a scar, which you have to change, you know, basically change one ability, one of the uh, action points to another place that kind of describes the scar's change to you. But a stitch does clear your, your marks on your body, mind, or body, brain, and bleed. Refresh gives all your drives back and your uh, resistances, and train, you can spend them to give yourself a dice that you can use on any roll during your next assignment. So you got five of each to last you, basically through your three-episode arc. So how do you want to divide these? How many of each? Five? Five of each. Five of each. Okay. The whole time. So if we think about it, let's think of it like mathematically, that we shouldn't do that. I would say like each of us would get three of these things to use as we want over the next few games, but that's stupid but if somebody has like a yeah, but it's has one, more. But it's one yeah. slot, but it's one slot per die per person. Exactly. So we could pick two half of us to have it for the next game and then have three, have a little more for the next our, our going into yeah. the third, third game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because maybe that's yeah. when we would need it. Yeah. 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 Like that or or just give one one out this time and load up for the the next one. The oh, big I feel like yeah. I used. I definitely did not think smartly, and I used all of my drives yeah, you in this game. Refresh. So I've you got to refresh. refresh, or else I won't refresh. Did anybody else make the same stupid Amanda. mistake as me? Um, I did not use all of them, but I certainly used used three. Some that I could really use back. I mean, we have four refresh left. I, I will definitely be smarter with my usage in the next game. Yeah. So. I'm pretty, I'm pretty okay. I'm a little bummed I used one of my resistances because we would get that back with the refresh, right? Correct. And but I only have a brain. I only have a brain and a bleed, and I feel like I, that's not areas that maybe I would typically take damage. So, so maybe I'll chill and maybe just take a. A dice for this round? Oh yeah, take a train. Maybe I'll take a train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So mark, mark that on your character sheet. Okay. Somewhere. It's like you're, you get yeah. a train dice somewhere. And like I could like when we're playing, I could like set it out to remind myself. Correct. If the there next session goes as poorly as this one did, as far <laughs> as body goes, then I will definitely be like losing a limb or something in the next game. Yeah. So maybe I should stitch myself up in this one. I support that decision. I don't need a stitch. I mean, I just cut my hand open. No big deal. You um, took some serious body. Pain. You no, went, I have two, yeah. I have two body, but I and mean, one bleed. 
and one bleed, yeah. and you one brain. You should probably... Oh, you got four marks? <laughs> you got four marks? Augie, take a stitch. Yeah, take a stitch. Yeah, take a stitch. Can fix up can the baby yeah, stitch? Can that get rid of everything? Yeah. Yep, so that's Which? stitch and a stitch. Okay. And a refresh. Okay. And I'll take a refresh. And you'll take a refresh. So okay. Stitch and a stitch, refresh and a refresh. All right, so... Arlo Black, how do you get stitched up, and how do you refresh yourself after this venture? Oh, gosh. Well, I go home. Mm-hmm. Um, I avoid my mother and father. Mm-hmm. But I do find Mr. Telbrook and Miss Thomas. Uh, yes, of course, dear. Um, Miss Thomas, would you mind drawing a bath? Of course, I'd be happy to. Thank you, right, dear. You look a bit worse for wear, Miss. Yeah, do either of you have any medical knowledge? I can stitch you up for my own life. Oh, thank you. I've was a, a field doctor in the war. Of course you were, Mr. Telbrook. Aged out, I thought, but they needed help, so. Sonny told me about that. Hmm. Would you Would you mind terribly? Of course, I'd be happy to. And I'll sit while he works on my head and I'll tell them all about everything that happened. Um, and don't, don't tell anyone. <laughs> but, of oh, I do think we should send something over to the Clara house. Now, I already told I already told Candela to do that, but I think we should send more. And if anybody comes knocking from the steel, I may have damaged the foundry over there. Um, direct them my way before sending them to Father, please. They both look at each other. Of course, an eventful evening. It was quite an exciting adventure. They, they look like they are happy to dive into the frivolities you speak of, and it's wonderful you have an active imagination. It shouldn't hurt yourself anymore. After I take a long bath where I'm completely shriveled like a raisin, I will crawl into bed and sleep for the entire day and just lounge about the house doing nothing but staring at the ceilings. That is my favorite way to refresh. Yes. yes. <laughs> I haven't done that in eight years. <laughs> Uh, all right, and so uh, after that we have, uh, Augie, you got stitched up. How do you go about getting yourself stitched up here in New Fair? Boy, um, gosh, who would I go to? Yeah, um, okay, I think, I was thinking, I love this new place that I have but I'm feeling like tonight, I want to feel a little bit of comfort of what feels like home for me. And that's my, my cot at the sight unseen in Miss Charlie's office. So I'm gonna go back there, I'm gonna cuddle up, hold my pillow, and just try to get warm and sleep. Okay. Knowing that he's come back, um, I'd like to speak to Stinson and have him bring over the doctor, the one who um, occasionally helps some of my co-workers stitch themselves up after. Not a worry, I'll go ahead and fetch him. Thank you, thank you. He wanders off before the doctor returns, this kind of like, uh, you know, stone wall, you know, or, uh, Kind of thick side beard mustache uh, combination, frizzled out hair on the sides, uh, kind of a hunched the center of his back, 
uh, kind of looks like Brad Dura from Deadwood, essentially. <laughs> yes. Um, kind of wanders in and goes, All right, um, <laughs> you, you need to be stitching up anyone. Let's see what you got. Yes, yes. Uh, discretion is always, but. Always is always. For this I'll time. Operate, yeah. For this time. Yeah. A bit of gentleness as well. I'm gentle as the world is soft. Well, it's okay. And I just open the door and he's asleep. Can you just take care of him as best you can and give him something to rest? Yeah, yeah. If you want me to clean his wounds and stuff, he's going to wake up. That's fine, but then if you could give him something to rest. Fair enough. Goes and opens up his... Doctor's bag as you kind of close the door and. Uh, hey, what you doing? Uh, I was told I was just trying to help whoa, you whoa, here. Drink. Whoa, whoa, okay. Yeah, take take a sip of this and then relax a bit. I'm gonna get, make sure y'all taken care of. Oh, that's delicious. That's delicious. <laughs> hey, don't worry, Gunner's gonna stitch. Isn't gonna hurt you much. And, uh, <laughs> you wake up about twelve hours later, uh, sore, but uh, your scrapes, your your. Gashes have all been stitched up and cleaned. Um, the area in your kind of uh, <laughs> chest where there's almost like almost the beginning of frostbite had kicked in from where you were uh, clawed through by the entity has been uh, treated with salve and is recovering. Though it's like kind of red and raw. Um, you feel pretty well recovered from the endeavor. I'm going to get up right before the sun comes up, go pick up my papes, and get back to work. Hell yeah. And you, Charlotte, how do you refresh yourself? Yes, um, I do go back to the sight unseen, but I tell Stinson, uh, could you take a few days away, if you don't mind, if you can watch over the, watch over the, everything. Not a worry, ma'am, I got you covered. We'll take care of it. Yeah, Just, uh, there's so oh, many things. <laughs> it's so difficult being a businesswoman, a proprietor in this day and age. So many companies, so many dealings, so much I to do. Can't even begin to try and understand it, but we got you covered. Thank you. No worries. And uh, she makes her way up to a very nice home in the eaves. Uh, and she opens the door, doesn't knock, she opens the door and uh, there is a, an elderly gentleman there. Sherman. Yes, my dear. How, how is she today? Is she, is she clear? She's clear as usual. Seems mm. to be in high spirits. If you'd like to um, give her a visit, I think she'd appreciate it. I would. I'm going to be staying for a little while. Not too long, perhaps. Uh, of course. Rooms are ever prepared just in case. Thank you. Hmm. Uh, and I go up the very grand staircase um, to a bedroom where there is uh, an elderly woman um, sitting at her desk with a lot of papers and books, but kind of looking off into space and not at them. And I knock. Yes? Gertrude, I have a story for you. Tell me a story, that sounds nice. Hmm. And I pull up a chair, and I start to tell her all about everything that happened. I, I change the details just a little bit, so there's very much of a happy fairy tale ending. Uh, 
I'll be here for a few days with you and perhaps I'll have some more stories for you, yes? Please. Mm. I like your story. Just seeing her is such a... It transports me back to a very simpler time, a much simpler time when I didn't remember what I had seen. I had seen it, but I did not remember. And, uh, and it gives me some peace for a few days. Wonderful. I believe that's all the resources we've spent between sessions here. And with that, we close this first episode of Candela Obscura. Thank you so much, my wonderful players. Robbie Damon, Laura Bailey, Anjali Bamani, Ashley Johnson. I'm your Game Master, Matthew Mercer. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you soon for the next episode of Candela Obscura. Thank you for joining the Esoteric Order of Candela Obscura. If you enjoyed this tale, please leave a rating and review wherever you stream Candela Obscura, as your review may inspire others to join our fight against the otherworldly evils and corruption plaguing this realm. We recognize your bravery and sacrifice, and thank you for helping us protect the Fairlands. Rest well, and we shall meet again.